Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. When you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announced that that seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Eblen against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricio Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um, Tiago Santos. Whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View or DAZN. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. On this Wednesday, July 26, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is so great to be here with all of you on a Beautiful summer's day here in New York City. I am uh, sweating up a storm. It is hot out there, but I love it. I'm not one of these guys who complain like, oh, take me to January where it's cold and I can go skiing. Nah, give me 95, 365, 24-7, all good. That's what I want. That's, that's the kind of climate in which I thrive. You know what I mean? That's I mean, that's like, that's, you know, my ancestors, my parents are from the Middle East. You know, that's what I'm comfortable in. You know, I'm comfortable in the desert type of heat. It's 119 in Phoenix right now. Wow. That's uh, that's a little excessive, I must say. What's it What's it like in uh, Las Vegas? I'm off to Las Vegas in the morning. About the same. Hmm. Well, I'll have my hoodie on, my sweatpants on. I'll be ready to go. Revved and ready to go. And what a seven-day stretch, my friends. In the world of combat sports... Starting with last Saturday, we had UFC London, another great performance by Tommy Aspinall. Of course, he was on the program on Monday. If, uh, yeah, there he is. Uh, if George Cambosis is your thing, he had a fight on Saturday night in Oklahoma, a uh, bit of a controversial one, but there was a boxing event happening. There was also misfits on Saturday with the tag team stuff. Anyway, yesterday, how about yesterday? I hope you all. Woke up early. If you're living in the United States, certainly in the you know on the West Coast, East Coast, not too bad. It was eight o'clock. I mean, it was perfect. 
I hope you all took some time out of your day to watch Naoya Inoue fight the monster in Japan. The pageantry was second to none. The walkouts were tremendous. And then the fight itself we thought would be uh, a classic, a clash of titans, etc., etc. at 122. In fact, it was a classic, but it was a classic performance from perhaps right this second, the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world when it comes to boxing. He completely annihilated Stephen Fulton, beat him in the eighth round, and it's fun because you had that fight on Tuesday morning, and I love, I've, I've said this before, I love a Tuesday morning in Japan, no, in a way, fight. And then on Saturday, we have Spence Crawford, so there's a jockeying of position uh, as far as the number one spot is concerned. You have to think if the winner of Saturday's fight is winning in a dominant fashion, he will end up number one because... Those are two top five guys. As good as Fulton is, he's not a top five guy. But still, I hope you watch that, even if you are a casual boxing fan and a casual observer of all things combat sports. And let's be honest, if you're watching the show, you're probably not a casual observer of combat. Maybe a casual boxing fan. Please, I hope you watch that fight on Saturday. And I'll say the same, excuse me, on Tuesday, yesterday, and I'll say the same about Saturday's fight. I know it's going head-to-head with UFC 291. But if you can figure out a way to watch Spence Crawford, which I think will actually happen before the main event uh, on uh, Saturday in Salt Lake City, I think it's going to be in the 11 to 12 Eastern range. Uh, do yourself a favor and watch that because that really is the best that boxing has to offer us. Saturday, we have 291. We have Spence Crawford. We have Bellator Ryzen uh, all happening within the the span of like 12 hours a great time to be a fight fan especially if you like both forms of combat sports so on today's program we'll talk about all that and more buckle up my friends it's going to be a fun one i'm very excited uh to be going out there and i'm very excited to watch it all to take it all in this is a great time other sports summertime you know dog days of summer training camp friendlies things of that nature shout out to team canada big win over ireland sorry to my irish friends but you know a bit of a quiet time in july not in combat sports That's why we love this so much. As always, today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only this program, but the UFC as well. I mean, all you need is your DraftKings on Saturday, and uh, there's got to be something for everyone, right? Whether it's UFC 291, whether it is Spence Crawford, and it's a pretty solid undercard as well. Isak Cruz, uh, Nonito Donaire fighting on the main card, but below the main event, of course, usually it's just the main event that is of interest, but there's a little something for everyone. And then, of course, Bellator Ryzen. Is Bellator Ryzen available for betting, uh, GC? Have they put it some? is. Okay, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. AJ McKee Boston out. McKee, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. show Pitbull in. How about yep. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little something for everyone there. Uh, go to DraftKings Sportsbook. Tell them we sent you how. Use the code DMAHour. Uh, back into the show. The boys will make their picks. I won't. I think it's the first time. I think it's the first time I'm not involved. Of course, I, I went with Molly on Saturday. You know, good faith. Olive branch. Didn't quite work out. Don't regret it at all. Some things are bigger than the Parlay boys, but uh, as a result, Excuse I am me? out. Yeah, some things are bigger. Uh, I am out, and they are all in. Uh, that'll be back in the show. Part of that, Paulo Costa, Boashinia, is going to join us. He is, of course, fighting October 21st in Abu Dhabi against Hamza Chamayev, one of the most anticipated fights of the year, I would say. Certainly non-title, fourth quarter fight, massive one in Abu Dhabi, right below Islam Khacha versus Charles Oliveira too. Can't wait to talk to Paulo Costa. What a what a treat he always is. Part of that, Nathaniel Wood will stop by. Remember, we spoke to Lerone Murphy on Monday about their little tete-a-tete, but more importantly, he had a big win over Andre Feely, one of the uh, most entertaining fights 
of Saturday at the O2. We'll talk to the prospect. Is he still a prospect? I don't think so, but we'll talk to him on uh, all things Saturday, London, and where he goes from here. Robbie Lawler is going to stop by at around 2 o'clock. Stay tuned for that. Been a while since he's been on the program. Not one to chase interviews. Not one to really want to do interviews. But we had the great moment just a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas. After the Nico Price fight, he retires. Amazing stuff. Ruthless Robbie Lawler is actually going to be on the show today. I can't even believe it. We'll answer your questions on the nose. You know how we like to do. But first, let's go all the way to Salt Lake City, where UFC 291 is going down this Saturday. What a great card this is at the Delta Center. Yes, it's the Delta Center again, just like the old days in the 90s with the Utah Jazz, Stockton, and Malone. And in fact, one of the participants on Saturday's card showed up yesterday to check in wearing an old-school John Stockton number 12 jersey. Yes, he's your friend and mine. Michael Kaysa returning for the first time since November of 2021. There he is, Big Mike. How are you, sir? What's up, brother? I'm really good. Yeah, you know, I thought about throwing the Stockton jersey on, but I can't break our tradition. If I'm going to wear any basketball jersey on our show, and I do call it our show. Yeah, sure. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a Knicks jersey. I know. I saw it yesterday, and I was like, I I, I appreciate what you're doing as as a fan of '90s basketball. I appreciate it. I was wondering if you were jumping ship, uh, but then I just thought you were you were paying homage to one of the greats of Salt Lake City, right? Well, well I have a lovely story for you. You're gonna oh, like this. Okay. So obviously, John Stockton, he's one of Spokane's finest. He played for Gonzaga, and for people that wonder, it's not Gonzaga, it's Gonzaga. Okay. Played for Gonzaga, out of Spokane. Um, and my grandmother had a really nice antique shop and John Stockton used to come after hours and buy antiques from my grandma. No so, way. Uh, yeah. So I've been a Stockton guy for a long time. You did know? you ever so meet I him? Gotta, I, I did when I was a kid, he's very, very quiet, very private guy. Um, and he would always come when the shop was closed to just kind of avoid, you know, at the time he was a very, very big deal. So he liked to kind of be, he liked to be left alone a little bit. So I did get the chance to meet him a few times when I was, when I was very young. So. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, he's one of Spokane's finest athletes, so it's only fitting that I got to show love for uh, the Stockton family out here in Salt No, it makes total sense. Had no idea Stockton liked to uh, antique, like to go antiquing, yeah. as they say. Who knew? Had no idea your family was in the antiquing business as well. Yeah, yeah. Grandma Triver, dude. Grandma Triver, she had a very, very nice antique shop. And uh, I actually worked for um, the, st- but my last job before I worked, before I, um, went full-time with UFC was uh, I worked for Anheuser-Busch and that's actually ran um, by the Stockton family. So I worked for the Stocktons before really? uh, I hung up, before I hung up uh, my Anheuser-Busch uniform. Um, yeah, that was my job full-time. So I worked for the Stocktons. What did you do for them? So when I worked for, it was called King Beverage and I was a beer merchandiser. So I would just go to the stores, stock shelves, slang beers and, um, yeah, a lot of the Stockton family were higher ups in that company. So I worked essentially. I worked for the Stocktons. I've been around the Stocktons. Look at you. And now I'm in. Now I'm in the city where John or John Stockton had a tremendous amount of success. So I love uh, it. It's very fitting for me. And uh, obviously, we've talked about the long journey to come back. And you had the uh, the close call in April, and we thought you were going to fight then. Last fight, November of 2021. What a freaking road to get here. What does it feel like to be in the midst of fight week? You're cutting weight. The face is a little slimmer. I see it. I know. You're, you're, well, I shaved. You did shave as well. Out. You did shave as well. But yeah. like, it's there. You can feel it. You can sense it. You're checking in. It's been a long, it's been almost two years since your last fight. How are you, how are you digesting everything? 
I, it just feels like I never left. It feels like it doesn't feel like my last fight was almost two years ago. Um, you know, the last big card I was on was uh, 265 in Houston. Um, it doesn't feel like I've been away. You know, I've had long layoffs due to injuries and stuff, so I don't anticipate to have any issues when it comes to the competition. When I look at the situation with what happened in April, there is a light in that whole situation. And and I believe, I don't believe in ring rust, but I do believe in camp rust. And so unfortunately for me, I got a full camp under my belt when I was training for Lee Jing Leung. So I shook off the camp rust and it made it easier, this training camp to deal with the rigors, the hard sparring and just everything that comes with it. So, but when it comes to competition, man, I'm a competitor. Um, I was born to do this and it just feels good to be back at fight week. And it feels good to be here. The city it just there's something about being here in Salt Lake City and and John Stockton playing for the Utah Jazz, him having it, his the success that he had. There's certain things about it that just feel like something's in the air for me. Uh, I think that we're in for a really special performance for myself. How did you feel when you got the name Kevin Holland? You know, it's not like they're they're letting you ease your way back into it. Uh, he's you know he looked great in his last fight. He's a, he's a tough out at 170 and 185, but having success at 170. Your thoughts on on the matchup when they were you know when they approached you with this uh, with this name? When have I ever wanted an easy fight? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I've never wanted an easy fight, and I feel like Kevin and I have kind of been on a collision course to fight each other. I think had I got to fight in Miami, I think him and I would still be fighting each other on this card. So. I think it was inevitable, and I think it's better to catch him now before he really hits his prime at 32. Um, you know, I, I know how I felt from 30 to 35, um, and I think Kevin's best years are ahead of him. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with this fight. I like somebody that's going to bring the fight, you know, uh, and it's fun to, to be on the main card with him. I, I like this matchup a lot. I've known this was going to happen for a long time. Even when he fought at 185, I would pay close attention to his weigh-ins. He'd always weigh in around like 183. And I'm like, this guy's going to be a welterweight someday. Him and I are probably going to fight. Styles make fights. And I just feel like him and I have been on a collision course. Um, I got a tremendous amount of respect for him. He's a fierce competitor. He's a fighter's fighter. I mean, in 2020, he went on one yeah. of the best COVID runs we've ever seen. Um, those are the guys I want to fight. I don't want to fight easy fights. Lee Jing Leung was a tremendous, he's a tremendous opponent. I, I think the world of him, but that was a much more favorable matchup. And I feel like that was, I like this fight better. I like this fight. I like the challenges that it presents. I like this fight better than the one I had in Miami. I want to be tested. I'm not here for easy fights, Ariel. Why, why do you feel like you were on a collision course? Excuse me. Like something about your interactions or is it just, you had a feeling that at some point you guys would fight each other? Just kind of a feeling. Just, there was just something that, you know, my intuition can be pretty spot on sometimes. And, I just feel like him and I were just destined to fight at some point. And, you know, I was correct. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that it's now. I think this is going to be a really fun fight for the fans. I'm going to enjoy competing against him. I think he's going to bring out the best in me. Um, it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a good night for, for our team. Where do you think he's better, 185 or 170? We'll find out. I think we'll find out. I think that, I think that at 185... Um, I think at 185, he, until you run into the guys that are a lot bigger, I think he, he really could have ran through anybody. I mean, he, him beating Jacare Souza, that's that's a huge feather in his cap. I still look at that fight like, holy crap, he knocked out Jacare on the ground from his back. That's a, that's about as good of a win as you're going to get at, at 185 pounds. Um, I think that this is the right weight class for him. I think that he, there nobody will have a size advantage over him. You know, he's one of the taller guys. He's one of the longer guys. But I've been in there with a guy with that frame. You know, I fought Neil Magny, and I had a lot of success in that fight. Um, 
but I think that this is the best weight class for him. I think 185 is better for him because he doesn't have to cut weight and he's, you know, he's making the drop down. Um, but for me, I like that I'm the one coming up a weight class. I don't have mm-hmm. to deal with the extra cut. Um, and I think that's something that could play into my favor. Uh, while preparing for this fight, did you have anyone talk shit during sparring? <laughs> I have a, during, yeah, I have a great story about this. Okay. <laughs> anyone try to replicate his attitude in there? Chase Hooper. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> of all people? Out of nowhere. Look, I'm a game guy. Like, if you saw in the Sean Brady fight, I was talking some crap. I've had fights where I've been, you know, a little verbal myself, maybe not to the extent of Kevin Holland, obviously, but I've had fights where I've gotten a little chippy and, you know, talked a little crap in there. But we were, Chase Hooper was up training with us when, before I left for Vegas um, to finish training camp. And on a whim, he just started just like, let's go, motherfucker. I was oh, like, wow. Whoa, Chase. <laughs> chill <laughs> chill out chase what i do to you but it was just funny because nobody told him to do it he just did it but yeah there was a few sessions that we had where we did that um i think it's kind of hard to talk crap when i'm kind of kicking someone's butt in the gym so, oh yeah um but you know for chase it was just funny because nobody asked him to do it he just did it and i was just like once we got done i was like where'd that come from he's like well i don't know you're fighting kevin hall and i figured i'd talk some shit i was like cooper bless your heart what a hey, guy that's a great teammate i love that um uh, and very unexpected <laughs> yeah. as well by the way uh yeah. n- not a lot of guys left from tough live from that one live season that you were on mm-hmm. uh and 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 thrived in and uh i'm just wondering at any point during all of this this long road back and the injuries and 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 some of the bad luck and whatnot did you think like is this it is this like is it coming to an end here did you ever eat like did those oh, doubts dude. ever come into your mind 100 percent, and i have no problem talking about them during covid when i had knee surgery i thought i thought my career was done too i had i had to have hardware removed from my leg from an old injury and it really they like i i, I honestly could have filed a malpractice suit against this doctor and, and i don't want to name names because i'm not here to do that but there was a moment in time during 2020 where i was like well this might have been it you know the, the, the rda fight might have been my last one you know uh, my leg was butchered it was it was really really bad so and then through the long road back you know the big thing for me was you know talking to my peers namely mainly daniel cormier um you know because i had a back injury i've had a history of back problems um and the surgery that he had after the lewis fight was the same one they wanted to do on me and he was just like don't do it don't do it i could never train the same i just and for you you wrestle like your style you're not going to be able to train the same way so um, so I, I stayed off the surgery. I had to have a lot of injections. There was a lot of doubts for sure. Um, but everything worked out and I'm here. I have a full bill of health. There's a reason why too, that I spend a good chunk of my camps down at the UFC performance Institute. And I can honestly say, and I'm not just saying this cause I'm heading into a fight and Kevin's probably going to watch this, but I spent the least amount of time in the PT room than I ever have. So my body is literally firing on all cylinders. Um, it's like a, it's like, I don't know, it's like my third or fourth life in MMA where I felt like I've had injuries where I thought it was done. 2016, I thought I was done when I ruptured my disc before the Tony Ferguson fight. I've had a lot of injuries. Like, I haven't had the, the traditional ACLs or shoulder repairs. I've had, like, severe back injuries, malpractice, you know, hardware removal. I've had oh. these crazy, weird, kind of catastrophic injuries, and somehow I found a way to pull through. Um, but... Yeah, you know, there was definitely a point in time where I was like, I, if I'm not going to get, the, if I'm going to get that back surgery, I'm not going to, I'm not going to compete anymore. It's not worth the risk. If I can't train the way I need to train, 
I'm just putting myself in harm's way. But fortunately, we were able to pull through, and my back's great. So, um, you know, I can I can attribute a lot of that to the UFCPI staff. Man, they they took good care of me. They we figured out a way to structure my training, my strength conditioning, and the things that are important to me, so where I can still train the way I need to train that suits my style, and not be compromised. So I can. It, it's crazy that I didn't spend that much time in the PT room this camp. I feel really good. You know, I, I mentioned you to a lot of people. Uh, because of the TV work that you do, because you were kind of, you know, you you were on the outside looking in, you kind of willed this into existence. Like you kept putting it out there, you worked your ass off, you were you were omnipresent, and you kept letting people know that you want to do this. And now it's like you're freaking swimming in jobs, and and and, and hopefully that will improve to like higher profile roles on the broadcast and whatnot. But I'm just wondering, doing that stuff and being around the fights and and preparing and and doing research and all that, does that help you not? does that help the mind not go to the place, the dark place of like, could this be it? Because you're still in the mix, right? Like you're still kind of getting those butterflies. It's different. You're not fighting, but you're preparing for fights. You're talking, the red light is on. If you didn't have all that stuff, do you think this road back would have been tougher? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Cause it kept me hungry. You know, I'm just having to pay attention to, especially my weight class, having to pay attention to my weight class, study these guys and like, just being like, man, I'm, I'm not done. Like I'm still, I'm in my prime. I'll never forget this. I trained with Trevor Prangley one time. Um, and this was like one of my last practices before I had had my leg surgery during COVID. I went over to his gym and trained and he was like, dude, my best years were like 32 to 36. So for me, like as I'm going through this and really I'm in my prime, that 32 to 36 window, as I'm doing this broadcasting stuff, I'm dealing with injuries. I got all this stuff going on. I'm like, I can still beat these guys. I can still I'm still one of the best in the world. And that, that really kept me motivated and it's helped me, it's helped me grow as a fighter too. It's, it's, it's helped me learn how to watch fights, study fights and be maintain a balance of being objective and subjective. Mm. And, uh, you know, I really did will that into existence, Ariel. I'll never forget Mexico city when I walked up and ripped the mic out of your hands yeah. and was like started interviewing you. Yeah. And it's, surprisingly that actually did gain a little bit of traction with the higher ups. So, uh, you know, um, if you want something, you have to go for it. Like I tell people ask me all the time, certain fighters are like, Hey, how do I, how do I get to the desk? I'm like, I could tell you how, but I don't know if you're going to do it. Like I, I actually won fights and took that 60 minute, that 60 second window after yep. a fight. That's so valuable to call out a fighter, call your next shot. I spent that 60 second window on saying, Hey, when do I get to have a microphone in front of my face so I can talk about fights? Like it's something I've always wanted to do. John Anik kind of planted that seed and we we're on ultimate fighter and, Everything has worked out for the best, and I love that my life is completely entrenched in mixed martial arts. I'm a fighter. I'm a commentator. I'm an analyst. I have to pinch myself every morning I wake up because I, to me, live the greatest life ever. Like My life could not be any better. I have an amazing wife. I have an amazing career, and my life it just revolves around the thing I love the most, which is mixed martial arts. That is great to hear. Um, you know, you mentioned Tony Ferguson earlier and I wouldn't put you and him in the same bucket but there's a couple of like fan favorite lovable characters on this card who does feel like their backs are against the wall Ferguson would be at the top of the list Derek Lewis to a degree as well again I don't put you but you are mm-hmm. on a on a losing streak going into this fight do you feel pressure do you feel like does this one feel different like you need to get back on the winning track because before this you were right there right you don't need me to tell you mm-hmm. that you were right there uh are, are you feeling any of that extra pressure you know, and I'm not. And I think that the layoff kind of helps with that. Like, mm. I remember headed into the Carlos Condit fight. I felt that pressure because 
Like I, you know, I went from the Pettis fight where I missed weight and came up short, second loss in a row, Kevin Lee, Anthony Pettis, jump into the Carlos Condit fight. That was a tough hurdle to overcome because two losses in a row, new weight class against a guy I admire a ton. Like I was in my mind, I was like, I'm about to be a part of this guy's highlight reel and it's going to be my third straight loss. That was pressure. I don't feel pressure right now. I've had this, it's like a new breath of life for me. Like I said, you hit the nail on the head asking if I thought, you know, was, was Sean Brady my last fight because of the injuries I've had. So I don't feel like, I, I, I don't feel like I'm heading into this fight with, with two losses beneath or under my belt. Like I, it just, it, it doesn't even, it doesn't even factor into my thoughts, you know, but um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in that echelon of guys. that's like backs against the wall. This might be the last one. I got a lot of tread left on my tires. And while I've had these bad injuries, the one part on my body that's still preserved the most is right here. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think that that's most important. I haven't taken a lot of damage in my, and, uh, you know, I haven't taken a lot of damage upstairs through my career. And I think that that's, what's most important, but I don't feel that kind of pressure. You know, if, if it all ended now, I've had a great career and I will continue to have a great career because I will never lose my identity as a fighter. Because when the day comes that I put the four ounce gloves down, I'm still going to be at the desk. Someday I'm going to be sitting next to DC and Paul Felder commentating fights. I will always have my identity as a fighter intact. I will never lose that. So there is no pressure anymore. So we all know that, uh, Kevin Holland struggles or has struggled with wrestlers. Right. Uh, and you mentioned 2020, mm-hmm. The following year, 2021, he was booked in some tough fights, and, and and some of that came out. Do you think he's gotten that all better? Last couple of fights hasn't really been tested in that regard, and are you going to look to test him in that regard? I just want to display a full. I just want to show a full display of mixed martial arts. Um, and you got to look to the guys that, that was Derek Brunson, yeah, Marvitori. Those are big. Those are big guys. Yeah. Those are guys that are a lot bigger than me. So, like the casual person may say, well, there's a clear path to victory. Well, the casual person is not factoring in that this guy's in the right weight class. Mm. And it, yeah, obviously there's, there is a plan A for me, just like there is for him. I don't see him going out trying to shoot takedowns on me. Um, you know, and I don't think he anticipates me to go out there and have a boxing match with him, but we're both well-rounded mixed martial artists. And I think it's important for me to mix it up, show every, just put on a, put on a full display of mixed martial arts, show that I can put it all together, blend the striking with the wrestling, um, and I think I'm going to have a really good night. Honestly, it's been a really good camp. I had the right partners too. That that's a big thing for this camp is, is having the right guys, you know, 81 inch reach six foot three. Like, you know, I have tall teammates, you know, I got Austin Arnett and Ashton Charlton, but they're, they're not tall, like, like Kevin. So I trained with the Urbina brothers. Um, I trained with my buddy, Daryl, who's a good kickboxer himself. So I brought in the right guys to get ready for that frame and that size and the striking. So I dotted my eyes. I crossed my T's. I, I lived in Mount Charleston for a month to get ready for the elevation. Like I, every little detail has been addressed. There's no reason why I shouldn't win this fight. Uh, and just two last questions. And that was actually my next question living in Mount Charleston. Uh, obviously you watched last year in uh, Salt Lake city, right? I mean, guys who are super yeah. fit, who never have cardio issues, the likes of Jose Aldo and Leon Edwards, were talking after how it affected them. how, <laughs> How confident do you feel that that experience will prepare you for Saturday? And what does that actually mean? Like living, like how close to the same elevation as Mount Charleston to uh, Salt Lake? So my original plan was I was going to come out to Salt Lake City for a month. And that was kind of like, well, this is going to be this whole thing where we got to find training partners. And, you know, when you're in Las Vegas, there's just bodies everywhere. It's not hard to find a guy that can emulate your opponent. So it was, you know, it started 
started to become a reality. It's going to be hard to recruit guys to come out here for a month. Um, so then me and Charles got to talk and Charles at the UFC PI and I came up with the idea. I was like, well, what if I stay in Mount Charleston? He goes, well, that's perfect because the real method to this is live high and you can train low. Like you don't have to live and train at the elevation. It, the, the common misconception is people think that they can live low and then just like, I'll go up to the mountains and train for the day and come back down. Like it doesn't work. You're not going to get the adaptation. So for me, I found a hotel in Mount Charleston, the retreat. They're at 6,800 feet elevation. I'm fighting at 42, 4,300 feet elevation. So I would just get done with my training, listen to my audiobooks, drive to Mount Charleston, sleep, rest, do what I got to do up there, and then come back down to train. And that was just kind of, that's what I did for a month. And and uh, I feel great. I mean, I had my first real hard workout last night. And yeah, elevation will not be an issue for me. I can promise you that. Which audiobooks are you listening to? I was listening to the mindful athlete at the prescription of my, my uncle, Joe, my uncle, Joe Corella, he, Dr. Joe Corella, he's a sports psychologist for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I said, Hey, wow. I got these long drives ahead of me. What should I listen to? He said the first one, mindful athlete. So I've been, I've been plucking away at that one. Recommend it. Yes. Very, very good. It's all about being in the moment, being present and, uh, and it's, it's very interesting because it's the same guy that Phil Jackson brought in for the Bulls and the Lakers, the guy that taught them how to be just being more mindful athletes, learning how to meditate, being more present, being more in the moment and like blocking out the outside noise. It's been a, that's been good. And I don't really read books or listen yeah. to audio books. So this was a first for me, but yeah, it's been really good. And just curious, have you ever talked to your uncle about, I mean, he does, I didn't, all, I didn't know he worked for the Bucks. All, yeah, you have. Okay. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, dude, he's got a Super Bowl ring. He's That's got two incredible. Super Bowls with his, with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, um, yeah. I talk to Uncle Joe all the time. He loves to check in on me, and he's usually a frequent in my fights. But right now, my cousin is going to different colleges. Um, she's she's a really good volleyball player, so she's she's getting ready to go to college. So they're traveling around doing that. He would love nothing more to be here, but he's checking in on me every day. Nice. He officiated my wedding. He's he's an amazing guy. I I would love if someday if you guys would cross paths because he's he's a he's a real man. He's a he's a good guy to be around. I would love that as well. Um, last thing, take the fighter hat off, analyst hat on, Poria Gaethje too. Who wins? Why? This is a this is a really hard fight to pick. And it, look, Ju Justin Gaethje is going to have to do what he did against Fazib, and that's he's going to have to stay within himself. He's going to have to use his jab. And not let himself get it, get just get too excited, get too comfortable like he did in the first fight with Poirier. The problem is Poirier is a southpaw, and the jab is not going to be as effective. But I think it's a good starting point for him to just stay contained, but not he can't deviate away from who he is. Like he can't deviate from the Justin Gaethje that has made him this fan favorite. But it all starts with the jab, and for Poirier. He can't afford to go back on the center line like he did against Chandler. While he did get backed up, he did crack Chandler with that nice hook in round one and almost finished the fight. You just can't do that against Justin Gaethje. You do not want to deal with that barrage, with that storm that he will bring to you if you back up to the fence against him. So for both guys, stay true to yourselves, but you, you got to work behind some very basic weapons. So I think it's going to be a fun fight. It's going to be violent. It's going to be chaotic. Uh, and I love the fact that they're fighting for the BMF title. I think that this fight validates the BMF title. These are two guys that either one of these guys could have been the undisputed world champion if there wasn't a guy named Habib Nurmagomedov at the top of the mountain. So I think that these two guys fighting for this belt validates it, and it's going to be a tremendous fight for the fans. That, that was tremendous analysis. Can I just push back on one quick thing? 
I the belt. I hate the belt. <laughs> You're gonna push I back. I hate the belt. Can I tell you why I hate the belt? Because my whole tell life, me why. my whole life as a fight fan, boxing, MMA, I've always been told that the best guy in the division is the man holding or woman holding the belt. Right, the champion is the baddest in the division, and at heavyweight, that's the baddest person on the planet. Right. And so if I'm the champion of the weight class, which these guys are fighting in, it happens to be 155, and in this case it's Islam, I'm like, wait, hold up. I'm the baddest man on the planet. This belt says I'm the baddest <laughs> man on the planet. So it has to be something. If it was for the most violent man on the planet, I'd be cool with it. But to me, it's somewhat insulting to the actual champion of the weight class that there's now another guy who people are saying, no, that's the cool mofo. That's the baddest man. No, the belt that that person holds means to the world that he's the baddest man. Do you get what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. And look, I have I had a little quarrel with it when the BMF title was first introduced. And I'll tell you what it was. It was because Donald Cerrone wasn't the one fighting for it. Because mm. to me, that's the original BMF. Yeah. But I think that it's deserving. And you got to think from a business standpoint, Ariel, before we get off from a business standpoint, it's getting really hard to stack the cards with multiple title fights through a calendar year. It's getting hard. While Poirier and Gaethje could be a five-round non-title pay-per-view main event anybody's going to purchase it. Yeah. it 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 makes it easier to put to put the title on it and it's deserving in my opinion it's very deserving these guys fight for a title but it's going to make it it's going to open up the doors to where we can have maybe three title fights at msg or three title fights at the end of the year if they had to force a title fight onto this card it might take away from the bigger cards at the end of the year so it's fitting these guys in my opinion fight for the bmf title because they're both bad mofos and I think it's going to it's gonna pay its dividends down the road from a business standpoint. This fight is so good. I don't need a fake title attached to it. That's the kind of fight <laughs> fan I am. I don't need the title. I don't need what the. Is, what's that belt right there? How'd you win that? How'd oh, you someone, win that one? someone gave it to me as a present. It's, it's a Fugazi belt. The point is, <laughs> I, I like the steak. Well done. You like the sizzle. You see, I'm a pure fight fan. You guys all just like, oh, I need a belt. I don't need a belt. Tell me Poirier Gaethje are fighting. I'm all good. They were good enough to headline Fox in 2018. They're not good enough to headline a pay-per-view card. That's silly in my opinion. You know, I got to I got to ask you though. You want to now you're opening up the floodgates cuz now you're talking about steak and sizzle. I know. I know. So, talking That's the guy that likes it. his steak well done. That's you right. like to chew on hockey pucks? Oh, I love it. It's but I'm Canadian. <laughs> Who wouldn't? You get a hockey puck to the face it's tremendous. Uh it's just the way I like it, all right? It's the way I like it. I like all things salmon well done. They give you the salmon, it's all pink in the middle. Like what the hell is this all about? Like if I want sushi, I'll have sushi. If I want uh, foie gras, I'll have foie gras. But I like my steak well done. And by the way... Or if you want to chew on a rubber tire, you'll just chew on a rubber tire. By the way, the real problem are the people like you who have an issue with the way I like my meat. Eat your meat the way... I'm not, I'm not looking at your plate. You do you, I do me. But yet some people, I think it exposes your insecurities that you have an issue with the way in which I like my meat as opposed to me no, having an issue... I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. You just... Ever since you broke out from under the corporate umbrella... Yes. And you've just become this outspoken guy. I don't like the way you speak about rare steak. It's just like. <laughs> Listen, if that's your one issue with me, ever since I broke through, I'll take it. I'm okay with that. I'm at peace that's with that. That's my only issue with you outside of that. You're one of the best in the business, Ariel. And Thank it is you. always a pleasure to chop it up with you, my man. Much love, my friend. Uh, welcome back. Thank Tremendous you. to see you back on the card. And good luck on Saturday. Can't wait for it. Thank you, Ariel. There he is. Michael Chiesa, big, we love our friends over at Factor. I've told you about our friends over at Factor. They are great people and support for today's program comes from Factor. So what exactly is Factor? Okay, let me tell you. Having trouble finding the time to eat better or maybe getting 
decision fatigue, picking out the right foods. Factors ready-to-eat meals can make the whole thing easy by delivering pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals right to your door. Whether you're on a keto diet, a vegan diet, or just trying to keep track of calories, Factor has over 35 different options a week to choose from, catered to your needs. Plus, their meals are ready in just two minutes. Just two freaking minutes so you don't need to worry about cooking. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, my favorite, extra protein, veggie sides, and a whole lot more. You can head to factormeals.com slash MMAHour50. That's factormeals.com slash MMAHour50 and use the code MMAHour50. That's MMAHour50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That's code MMAR50 at factormeals.com slash MMAR50 to get, once again, 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Thank you very much to our good friends over at Factor for their support. Thank you to DraftKings as well for their support. Great main card on Saturday. I really like this main card a lot. My feelings on the BMF title... Uh, aside. And I have only love and respect for Poirier and Gaethje. They're two of the very best ever. The best thing that you could say about Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje is this. When they fought in 2018 on Fox in Arizona, they were two top five guys. Two. T- I, I, I think technically I actually watched the broadcast again yesterday, and I think they were three and six or five and six. In my opinion, they were two top five guys. Here we are five years later, and they're still top five. In fact, they're in the top three, I do believe, um, depending on if you put the champion as one or above the one. That's insane. For arguably the toughest weight class, it's 135 or 155. It's only killers at, at uh, 155. Look at who they fought. No easy fights since that fight. The fact that they are still in this spot, in a spot where anyone would be okay with them headlining a pay-per-view with or without a BMF title attached and and let them win the title. Let them get whatever comes with that belt. Let them get the pay-per-view points. Lord knows they deserve it. I'm being somewhat of a stickler here. It doesn't take anything away from the fight and my excitement for this fight. And let's be honest, the stakes as well. We know that Charles Oliveira is fighting Issa Makhachev on October 21st, but I don't see a reason why the winner of this fight can't be next unless they just want to fight again. Who, who, who is more deserving than the winner of this fight, especially if it's a decisive, dominant victory? Who would be more deserving? I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anyone out there right now. Now, it's going to be a while, right? This is uh, late July, very late July. That fight's October 21st, so it will be next year. But who's more deserving than that? So I love this uh, than that winner. I, I, I love this main card. It's a really fun main card. Kesa Holland is going to be great. Tony Ferguson back against the wall. I can't believe how big of an underdog he is against Bobby Green, but that should be wild in its own right. Steven Thompson versus Michelle Pajeda. Michelle Pajeda quietly on a five-fight winning streak, uh, putting it together, and, and that should be a fun striking battle. Thompson looked great against Holland back in December. So I'm looking forward to that one. Jan Bochovic versus Alex Pereira uh, obviously has some title implications attached to it. We'll see what happens with the light heavyweight title. Obviously, they're not putting the belt on the line 
on Saturday. There was some discussion about whether or not they would. They are not. And it's still unclear who the winner of this fight will fight. And it's even still unclear if the winner of this fight will fight for the belt next. There are really four guys in the mix. These two, Yuri Prochaska, Magomed Ankalaev. Rakic is coming back at some point, but he's not quite there, in my opinion, just because he's been out for so long coming back from the knee injury. And so does the winner of this fight fight Yuri? Does Yuri fight Ankalaev? It's all sort of up in the air. I think if Pereira wins, you got to do Pereira versus Yuri. I think if Jan wins, I mean, you're not going to do Jan versus Magomed. And Yuri told me that he's ready to go in the fall. There's a lot going on there between the Sydney card and the December pay-per-view. There's a lot up in the air. Obviously, we know that Drikas Duplessis is not fighting on September 10th. And who would have thunk that he'd be unable to return two months after fighting Robert Whitaker? We all knew this was going to happen. And yes, the Izzy fight is much bigger. The Izzy fight is way bigger now against Duplessis than it was had he not fought Whitaker, especially because of the post-fight stuff. But had they just booked Duplessis versus Izzy after April and not had DDP fight someone else, uh, they would have had their main event for for Sydney on September 9th. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of trepidation as far as Sean Strickland in that spot, so I'm curious to see what ends up happening there. It's not a done deal, Strickland and Izzy, even though Izzy was saying on camera, like, next man up, let's go. I think Izzy versus anyone. Izzy deserves to fight in Sydney if that's where he wants to fight. I think Izzy versus anyone sells that thing out in 10 minutes. That's the biggest fight that you could possibly make in in Sydney, uh, especially with Volkanovski, you know, unavailable. Izzy versus anyone at this point. I mean, he's he's the the biggest star as far as active fighters are concerned. Uh, Connor will always be the biggest star, but in terms of guys who are fighting multiple times a year, I mean, the guy just comes back. He fought in November. He comes back in April. He's willing to fight in September. That's going to be three times in 10 months, and he's that big of a star. You compare that to the likes of Crawford and Spence, who fight once a year at most, and look how big of of a deal they are and how much they get paid. Look at someone like Izzy. Like, no one. Other than, it's like him and Canelo and Volkanovski are the three guys who are fighting, like, with their star power so high, who are fighting, you know, as actively as, as they are. Um, so I'm very curious to see what happens there. And then I'm curious to see what happens at MSG. I mentioned on Monday, you know, I'd love to see Jones and, 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 uh, Leon co-headline more often than not, they'll put Jones alone as far as title fights, just like they'll put Connor alone. So then does Leon go in December? I don't know what's going on over there. It's a mess of a situation. I don't even know how I got on this tangent. Point is a lot at stake, Jan Pereira, they're going to be in the uh, 205-pound title mix. And then you've got Poirier Gaethje, Derek Lewis on the prelims, Jake Matthews, some other names. So fun fight, uh, fun fight card. Uh, two o'clock, we're going to be joined by Robbie Lawler. Afterwards, Nathaniel Wood, Paulo Costa will be our final guest of the day. I can't wait for that conversation. But time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week is time. It's time yeah, for we'll answer some questions here Q&A and then we'll get to the rest fans. after because there's no chance. I'm going to get to all of them. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has arrived to hear from the man himself, Ariel Helwani. That's me. Live from the Box Studios in beautiful New York City, it's on the nose. Yes. And now, to answer your questions, get out of your seats and on your feet because here he is, Ariel Helwani. 
You know what? Um, we're going to answer questions in just a second, but as I was pulling up the questions, of course, uh, compiled by the great moderator, Lewis, who always does a great job each and every week, and thank you to Mike Heck for that song, I did get the, uh, the Fight Week media schedule for next week's Jake Paul versus Nathan Diaz clash in Dallas. And so without further ado, uh, let me break some news for all of you. Do we have breaking news music? Yes. All right, here's the thing, my friends. For the first time since 2017, yes, first time in six years, the MMA Hour is going on the road, baby. Yes, for the first time since Mayweather McGregor in Las Vegas back in August of 2017, we are taking this little show on the road. The MMA Hour is going to Dallas. Yes, the whole crew, myself, GC... Mysterious Frank, Sloppy Joe, Crypto Joe, Corporate Alex, New York Rick. Am I forgetting anyone? Am I forgetting anyone? Yourself. Well, I said myself at the very top. Jeez. Just like you lied about the Aspinall thing. Anyway, we're all going. We're packing up. Tuesday morning, Rick's birthday, heading off to Dallas. I'm told don't call it Big D for some reason. We're going to Dallas, and we're doing two shows from Paul Diaz Fight Week. The first will be Wednesday. Yes, we do our Wednesday show, but it will actually be at the open workouts. So open workouts kick off at 3 p.m. local time. That's 4 Eastern. We're going to be at the open workouts, which are taking place at the factory on uh, 2713 Canton Street in Deep Ellum, Dallas, Texas. We're going to be there at the open workouts. This is in conjunction and uh, brought to you by our good friends over at DAZN. Thank you very much for to them. We're going to be working together all week long, of course. I'm working for them as well next week on the broadcast call, all that stuff. But the MMA Hour, there you see it, on the road. How big is this fight? It's that damn big. Just the second time in our history, a live show on Wednesday, and then a live show on Friday, August 4th, immediately following the ceremonial weigh-ins, which are taking place at the home of the Dallas Stars, Frank's beloved hockey team. Ceremonial weigh-ins pop off at around uh, sometime in the afternoon, 5 o'clock, and then we'll be on after the conclusion of the ceremonial weigh-ins on our YouTube channel, on other YouTube channels as well, but you can watch it here, but it'll be in other places, and, and, and you'll learn about that next week. All the guests are going to be stopping by, Jake, Nate, uh, Jeremy Stevens, Amanda Serrano, surprise guests, pundits. We'll all be there. Guys, how excited are we? I out of 10. 11 out of 10. Wow, both of you talking at the same time. That's how excited That's how you are. That's how exciting it is. Stoked. GC definitely stoked. Uh, Frank was a bit of, you know, there was a bit of a hemming and hawing. He had some plans. I, mean, I think you wanted to go to the Hamptons or something. Luggage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now this is big. Rick? Birthday, Dallas. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we fun. saying? Oh, listen, I don't plan. Really I don't it. plan anything because I'm not a birthday guy. Like I don't care I'm what not we a do. Birthday let's just guy. let's just get to let's just get to work. Let's, let's get, get to work. Just throw like five black t-shirts into a, a bag and you're done. Pretty black, much, yeah, black t-shirts, a few pairs of shorts and pants. That's it. Like I thought good. it was a pants. I love it. Really new. Uh, Rick, first fight week for you on site since. 
Um, now, okay, so I've gone to local East Coast shows, right? No, on I've the gone road. To on MSG the road. And I've gone to uh, Sterling and Cejudo, but to actually get on a plane to go cover an event. Was it 266? The last one was Ortega. Volkanovsky. And Volk in Diaz Lawler. Yes. Yes. So it has been a bit. Isn't it weird that Lawler's going to be on the show and that was your last? Weird. Kismet. I'm very excited. Yes, about I'm this. very excited. I'm, I'm also an 11 out of 10, but I was an 11 out of 10 on just the fight alone. So maybe I have to That's bump true. it to a 12 out of 10. That's true. Like, we're breaking the scale here. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about the fact that uh, we are going to be at the open workouts. I think that's going to be very cool because they're going to come and uh, chat with us after the workouts. We're going to get to see the workouts. I think there's a lot of interest in Diaz's, you know, workout. There's been a lot, people are breaking down 13 second clips on Instagram. <laughs> uh, there's uh, a lot of talk, obviously, about Jake Paul having new trainers around him and obviously his evolution. Uh, the likes of Jeremy Stevens, Chris Avila, Amanda Serrano, one of the best as far as women's boxing is concerned. So we'll be there. And then after the weigh-ins, we'll get to you know break down how they look. Diaz fighting at 185. Uh, that is new territory for him. So all kinds of intrigue. Live shows on the road. Very exciting. Incredibly exciting. Is it exciting. fair to say, and, and feel free to disagree, obviously, but I've, I'm more intrigued about the fight week stuff related to this fight to to your point about the open workout and seeing how both of them look more intrigued about the weigh-in um than i would be for like the standard mma card true or false like, I, is that fair i, I to actually say? thought you were going to say more intrigued than say spence crawford that's what i thought he was going to say too well that too because i just like those guys are going to make weight they're going to look the way they look yeah. like it's kind of like foregone conclusion a lot of these ones at this point but i feel like there's some intrigue around the other parts a thousand of percent. paul diaz i mean in just, my opinion. just the novelty of diaz boxing and the and shit that he has that had to, you know, take, you know, like Eddie Hearn saying, he, he like he looked like an amateur. The weight that's interesting. There's still always intrigue in how you know Jake looks um, on on you know the mitts and all that stuff. So yes, I'm very interested. I mean, like Spence Crawford is great, but you know, let's be honest, like they don't really sell the fight in terms of their interviews and the pageantry yeah. and all that stuff. Like I just want to see them. I just want to see who's the better boxer in that regard. And there's some if fights we could like fast that. forward. If we could fast forward to the fight itself with Spence Crawford, nobody be mad. They'd just be like, okay, yes. like we can skip the rest. Let's just have the fight. But this one has, has Corey Gaethje to a degree opinion. as well. You know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel this way about a lot of them. Like most of the time, like you're dealing with the, the high level pros. They're going to make weight. They're going to look, you know, in shape. They're mostly going to look the same. Sometimes, you know, there's a rare one, like a Jalen Turner, like, is this the end of him at that weight class? He looked, you know, it, it was a tough cut for him. You get pockets of this, but most of the time it's pretty cut and dry, rote type stuff. This one, I'm I'm interested. I want to see what kind of happens this week. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about all of it. I'm excited for uh, the crew to experience a big fight week. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited that we're doing it with DAZN, who are obviously broadcasting the event. I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of it. I mean, what a what a big week. What a big week Dude. as far as uh, boxing is concerned from Spence what Crawford and Vegas what to this. What a big last, uh, what it will be, 11 days starting from yesterday morning with Inoue yeah. all the way through Jake Paul and Diaz. It's crazy. Throwing 291 while you're at it. UFC Nashville as well will be happening the same day. A lot going on in combat sports. And then uh, shortly thereafter, Aljamain Sterling, Sean O'Malley. Yes. Oh. I mean, just a Booming. Ton. Booming. Uh, right. First stop, Wild Bill's Western Store. We're all getting cowboy hats. 
That's the plan, yeah. That's the uh, plan. Chaps as well. I'm yes. down. Boots, spurs. I'm down for it all. Spurs? Do we get spurs? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Um, On the back of them? Yeah. You're a local Frank. Stars my first trip to Texas. Mm. <laughs> well, this will actually be my first trip to Texas. That is crazy yeah, to exciting. me. You've yeah, never been, been to Texas. Never been to Texas. Wow. Can't wait. Are you happy that your first trip to Texas is Dallas? Were you hoping it would be in Austin, you know, a South by no. Southwest type no, of thing? I have never taken the time to even, to even think, think about, about my first trip to Texas. Will you buy any Dallas Stars merch while you're out there? Who knows? Maybe like Madonna we have a saying the down there. Merch on the way. Oh, really? All cowboy, hey, yeah. no cow. <laughs> not confirming anything. By the way, if All you should... no cattle. Yeah, so just be careful to, you know, not go too crazy. Mm. I am going to get a hat, no doubt. Right. Getting a hat. We'll wear it as much I as I can. I think you should need to wear it all fight week. You can't wear yeah. it indoors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll be a gentleman, of course. Oh, what you need is a tie. You need to get the uh, oh, bolo yeah. tie. Bolo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a great shout. Yeah. 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 Wild Bill's Western store. That'll that'll get us right. sorted. There Proper it is. Proper sorted. Go check it out. Um, maybe they can sponsor us as well if they want. Uh, but this is very exciting. So on the road, once again, first time, six years, just the second time ever. And if you are a... A uh, longtime fan of the show, you'll remember just how much fun Mayweather McGregor was on the road with our shows. We did a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, series of shows and also did the beat from there. So in total, I think it was four shows, had a crazy amount of guests stop by, all kinds of people from Carrot Top to Isaiah Thomas, Stephen A., Skip Bayless. We had, remember that stretch? I mean, that was crazy. The late uh, Stephen Bonner and Phil Baroni were on together. That was wild. Uh, Isaiah Thomas kind of like broke news. We got on PTI afterwards because the other Isaiah Thomas got traded the day before uh, to the, what was it, the Cavs, right, for Kyrie Irving. Uh, just a crazy yep. time. Crazy, crazy time. In the midst of all of that, uh, John Jones popped. I called Daniel Cormier. He didn't know. You know, I called Daniel Cormier from the media center on the first day in Las Vegas. The media center was like Super Bowl media center. And it just come through that, that – uh, that John Jones had popped a month and a half after their fight. And I called him and told him the news. And he's like, shut up, shut up, stop lying. And then hung up on me and eventually got the belt back because of that. I mean, that was a crazy time. Crazy. All right, can't wait to the questions. Do you think I could get to all of these in 10 minutes, Frank? I think we should play the intro again. <laughs> uh, are you serious for editing purposes? <laughs> Who cares? Just keep all that in there. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Alex Weber up first. Wow, haven't heard from Alex in quite some time. A-Dub, on Monday, as you explained the evolution of MMA heavyweights becoming more well-rounded, I drew a comparison to what we have witnessed in the NBA with the evolution of big men into perimeter shooters. Both evolutions showcase the importance of adaptability and skill diversity. But which transformation do you think has been more impactful in their respective sports? Uh, this question was written with the help of ChatGPT. What? Uh, why? Also, moderator Lewis uh, sends me this in a first for OTN. ChatGPT helped form a queue. Adub sent the receipts below. He wrote, write a short comparison of the evolution of the big men's centers in the NBA now being perimeter shooters to the heavyweights in UFC that are well-rounded. Highlight the comparison above and end with the question of which evolution has been more impactful to the respective sport. Uh, by the way, to me, it takes longer to write that up than to just ask the question. Right. Am I wrong? No, you're not. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, in any event, I think that the evolution of the big man in the NBA is a lot more drastic. You got a seven foot four guy, you know, shooting three pointers. 
and you know taking the ball up from the top of the key and trying to beat guys off the dribble. We have seen versions of Tom Aspinall in the likes of Cain Velasquez and Frank Mir. We have seen that version before. And yes, there have been big men who like to shoot, but you know the, the KDs and then the, the Chris Dapses and the Wembenyamas and so many others, like the big man center, a la Hakeem Olajuwon, a la Ralph Sampson, a la Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a la Patrick Ewing, a la David Robinson, those guys don't really exist. There are some here and there. In fact, uh, I, would, I would argue that New York Rick's Cleveland Cavaliers have a couple of big men who play more of that style, right? Um, I, I don't, I don't think that it is, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say I don't think, I know it is not as, uh, common in today's NBA. The evolution of the heavyweight is, is a thing that is happening, but there are still old school heavyweights. There's still, you know, guys who fought the same way the heavyweights fought five or six years ago. Aspinall to me is just a bit of a unicorn in that regard. So a question, uh, but I'll go with the NBA. Emerson. Good afternoon, Ariel. If you had to only watch one fight this weekend, which one are you picking? I'd love if the whole crew would chime in on this. Also, okay, let me get to the also in a moment. Man, that's a tough one. Let me ask you guys this. In particular, GC and uh, and Rick, and maybe I'll start with Rick here. Do you like when there are these weekends and they aren't as common these days, I feel like. I feel like boxing and MMA try to stay apart, at least like the mega ones. We all remember what happened at UFC 244, right, with with uh, Diaz and Masvidal and Canelo's in the freaking locker room taking a nap because they didn't want to go head-to-head. And I think they learned their lesson from that. But it doesn't happen too often. Do you like this sort of thing? Do you like the chaos? Do you like trying to see if we'll all time out and we're able to watch in the, the pockets pockets of inactivity? Or... Would you prefer them to be on separate weekends and, uh, you know, all your attention can be on one particular event? Couldn't hate it more. Yeah, it's tough. Hate, despise. Like, there's a lot of MMA, there's a lot of boxing, there's a lot of fights right now that I don't even want to give, like, half my attention. These are two fights, the the main events in particular, that I want to give 100% of my attention to, and now it has to be diverted. So, yeah, absolutely hate it. And yeah, just, just not great. And for selfishly from a social perspective, like I have work to do during these events and things like that. So now I have to like bounce back and forth. It's very, it's difficult and difficult to then give it attention. So selfishly and objectively hate it. Absolute hate. GC. Yeah. I love the huge weekends when there's a lot going on, but the difficulty with this is that there's a very good chance that Spence Crawford and Poirier Gaethje are going to be overlapping at some point, and that I just I hate it because yeah. you, you want to have 100 percent attention on both, even if you got the dual TVs. Like it's it's it would it would almost be like there was two Super Bowls going on. Like both fights are so huge, both are more than likely going to be very exciting. Uh, so like it's it's tough to give give the attention to both at the same time. Yeah, they choose one though. <sighs> There, there is a part of me that likes the chaos. In this particular instance, because I'll actually be working at one of them, it makes it a little bit tougher. If I was home, I wouldn't mind it as much. But ultimately, I'd rather they not be on at the same time, just so that you can sit back and focus on one, listen to the commentary. You're going to have to choose, right? You're going to have to choose. If I had to pick one, though, golly, I don't even know. I don't know, man. 
Um, I'll 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 stick my neck out. If okay. I have to pick one, it's going to be Spence Crawford. Um, and it's it doesn't come down to like, look, those two are are whoever wins this is going to be the pound for pound best boxer in the world. Mm. Like that's that's like in a ways in the conversation after the performance. Obviously, there's uh, Canelo is always in the conversation. Um, Usyk, like there's there's names. Um, uh, Stevenson, guys like that. What the winner of this is going to be the the top pound for pound fighter, and big boxing fights are just better than big MMA fights. It's it's a stance I have, and it's it's never steered me wrong. Like the 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 very cream of the crop of boxing is better than the cream of the crop at MMA, which I do feel that Poirier and Gaethje is the cream of the crop at in MMA. It edges it out slightly for me. I just prefer the biggest boxing fights feel bigger and feel like the the biggest thing happening. Um, but as I said before it was booked now that it's booked and now that it's here Poirier and Gaethje is the fight I wanted to see in MMA the absolute most it's my number one but that's how good Crawford and Spence is it Craw- is it is no it's a good answer Crawford Spence is a generational fight it's it's hopefully yes. going to be a fight that people are going to be talking about forever and ever and it probably gets the nod in this regard because we've never seen it before we have seen Poirier Gaethje before that shouldn't usually you know, dock at any points, but there's there's a freshness to it, and plus everything that went into it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna fucking sit on the fence on this one. It's two it's two amazing fights. It really is. Maybe I'll dock uh, Poirier Gaethje another point for the BMF fugaziness. Um, I'll actually add a point to Poirier Gaethje for the BMF <laughs> so belt being on the line. I don't know why we say fugaziness there. Uh, plus another thing to back up Poirier Gaethje. I'm sure Spence Crawford is going to be very exciting, and I I have a good feeling it's going to deliver. Poirier Gaethje, I have zero doubt. Yeah, it is oh. going to be fireworks. Yeah. There is almost no I... chance, other than an early knockout, that these guys don't deliver. There has been nothing in their careers that has given us any evidence that it is not going to just be an absolute that is true. banger, war, all out brawl. Uh, so that's another point for it. You, but everything you guys said you are... about about Spence Crawford is also correct. You are way too new here. You just completely ruined nah, Saturday. There's like, no way. It is going there are to, some fights that are to impervious to that. An what are they going to do? Stand and, no. They're going to stand and stare at each other? Ugh, Dustin Poirier, no. Justin Gacy? Battle of I the Ustins? Nah, it's not going to happen. I can't believe this just happened. Well, superstitious, huh? I just hope they don't happen at the exact same time. Um, I, I hope there's a world where... And, and I think Spence Crawford will happen before the 291 main event but yeah it's it's not going to be easy to go back and forth and you kind of, like i wish everyone could watch poirier gaethje and i wish everyone could watch spence crawford you know like of all the nights why do they have to be on at the same time uh but them's the breaks that's how it goes i did just see something right now which breaks my heart and i do want to mention uh because of course uh she had a connection to a very famous uh ufc fight back in 2015 the legendary sinead o'connor has passed away, uh, the the unbelievable singer from Dublin. I just saw oh, this. Uh, did you know this, Frank? No, no, you're breaking the news for me. Uh, she has died at the age of 56. That is horrible. Um, this is from RTE, or sorry, yes. Uh, no, it's from the Irish Times. Uh, does it say how? Survived by her three children. Oh, her son Shane died last year at age 17. Golly. Uh, you'll recall that she uh, sang the Foggy Dew song as Conor McGregor was walking out uh, prior to the Chad Mendes fight at UFC 189 in uh, Las Vegas International Fight Week. 
Uh, so that is, that is very sad news. Um, didn't she sing the song? Oh, did she sing the Nothing Compares? Did she sing that song? Yeah, Nothing Compares to You. Is it? Was that her? Yeah. Legend. Shaved her head. That was a really big deal. Um, back Saturday in the 90s. She was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, she made a, a point to point out the stuff going on with the Catholic Church, and they tried to oh, shut yes. it down, but she was one of the first people to try to expose that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so that is... That is very sad news, and um, our condolences to her family. Uh, back to the question, had to pick. By, by the way, GC, are you going with uh, Poirier Gaethje? Yeah, since y'all are both going Spence Crawford, I'll go Poirier Gaethje. <clears throat> All right, there you have it. Uh, also, is the Bloodline Cinema the best since The Undertaker versus Edge and Vicky Guerrero SmackDown era? Y'all are the best. Much love. I never miss an episode. Bloodline is a gazillion times better than than that. I mean, that barely registers for me. You put the bloodline in there with like the NWO and uh, Austin and The Rock and 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 Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. That's where the bloodline goes. Undertaker, Edge, Vicky Guerrero, SmackDown. What? Not even close. Um, solid, but no, not in the stratosphere. Bloodline stuff is great. If you're not watching, you're missing out on some tremendous cinema. Cinema. Uh, let me go. Do I go to another question or no? Our guest is sort of here. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, all right. Well, I got to two, Frank. How do you think? Uh, is that a record for us? No, actually, there was one time I where I did did a great job. Right, one time I did a question, like one hour on one question, right? Yeah, those are always fun. Yeah, those are fun. Um, all right. right on the nose. I'm gonna put uh, a pin in this because my friends, this is very exciting stuff. Uh, a lot of people, when I posted this this morning, were like, there's no way. And if I'm being honest, I kind of thought the same. But here we are, about to say hello for the first time in, I think, six or so years that we get to say hello to the legendary, the future Hall of Famer for his own uh, career. Obviously, he went in right before uh, his last fight on July 8th for the fight against Roy, uh, Roy McDonald. But he certainly deserves it for everything that he did on his own. Uh, he is uh, the former UFC champion, the former Strike Force uh, champion and fighter, uh, former uh, Elite XC champion as well. Uh, what an unbelievable legend! What a what a what a living legend! What a, a talent! And what a moment it was on July eighth when uh, he was able to walk in there against Nico Price and beat him, and then have that send off, which I said was maybe the greatest in UFC history. They had the video package, the emotion, everything that went into it. It was tremendous stuff. Here he is, without further ado, ruthless Robbie Lawler. Robbie, how are you? What's up? I'm good. How you guys doing? How you doing? I'm doing great. I can't believe you're doing the show. I know how much you, you love doing interviews, so I'm a little bit shocked right now. I'm at a loss for words. I'm stumbling on my words because I'm, I'm so nervous before <laughs> this. Yeah, I don't do these very often, but... I guess now's the time, right? I yes, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for doing this. Um are are you are you over July 8th? I mean, that was emotional stuff. Have you have you have you come to, it's been a couple of weeks now, but are you still feeling the buzz from how special and magical that weekend was? No, I I'm like on to the next thing. It's hard for me to like stay in that mindset and like absorb that, but I mean it, it was it was a good event. Uh but now it's like what next? Yeah. How quickly did you kind of get over it? Was it like Monday morning? You were like, all right, back to back uh, to normal life? 
Yeah, pretty much. I think a buddy of mine sent like a, I don't know, like a some sort of article that was written and I was like reading it was a good article but I was like I don't need to read this like I'm <laughs> glad people appreciate what I've done but like I'm kind of on to the next one I'm not like that's just how I am I'm not really going to change anything just bring that same mindset to coaching and that's it I'm on to the next uh, in terms of all the love and, and admiration and attention on you that week did it make you feel uncomfortable? Uh no, it didn't make me feel uncomfortable. It was one of those things that I would never like allow myself to kind of look back at like my career because I'm like always on to the next. But like when uh, a couple times I got asked a couple questions kind of like about that whole road and I was like, oh man, it's freaking been a long ride. And like just seeing who I've become over that long time span just it was a lot. I just, I, I've never really allowed myself to focus on what I've accomplished or those types of things. Cause it's like, all right, on to the next thing. How can you get better? How can you sharpen your skills? Like that's kind of always been my mindset. And I always try to just keep level headed. And so I don't really go ups and downs with admiration and fans being excited about me because I just keep everything just so focused and it's, it's just uh just different to allow myself to let that in a little bit uh for that last fight in, in retrospect you wish you did that more throughout your career you know take it all in smell the roses all that stuff no not really because I would be who I am today but it's just like one of those things where it's I use that as like a mechanism to stay level headed and kind of like be able to stay who I am this whole time. Like, cause you never know if you're going to win or lose or sometimes the crowd's behind you. Sometimes the fans are behind you and sometimes you're not doing well. So like, I just doesn't matter what anyone's saying. It just matters where I'm going and what I think about myself. And that's kind of what I've always focused on. It's like, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't really care what people say about me. That's just how I've always been. Cause it's just like, I can't control that, but I can control like my preparation and where I'm going and where I'm headed. So that's what I've always tried to focus on. But it's, it's definitely nice that the fans appreciate everything I've done. And it's, definitely weird for me to not be doing it anymore i mean i've this has been my life for so many years and i've just put so much into this and the sport's given so much to me and so plan on giving back and and i want to ask you about that in a moment but i'm just curious like you always struck me as the kind of guy who would retire by just like walking away and disappearing not really telling us in advance so that all this hullabaloo could be made and all this attention could be made why did you decide I mean, you didn't really announce it. I think the UFC kind of said it on your behalf, but uh, to let us know beforehand as opposed to like kind of doing it out of nowhere so that everyone could be caught off guard. Yeah, that was that was my plan, just kind of just like be gone. And uh, But I just felt like this wasn't kind of about me a little bit. I mean, it's my career, but it's like I feel like the fans and the people around me and people who supported me would want a little bit more. So I let Dana know a couple, like a month or two before the fight. And he said, all right. So just, and that's where it went. I, I just knew I wouldn't, you know, me, I'm just kind of like a, whatever I'm, I'm done kind of yes. thing. And 
Dana put together something really good, really special for me, and it was, it was I'm happy that they did. Uh, I was wondering how you felt about the Hall of Fame stuff. I mean, I've never seen you stand up there and give a, a speech like that before, and you did a great job. Uh, how comfortable did you feel up there doing that two days before your fight? Uh, I would say it was definitely weird for me. I would say that prompter in front of me was was moving fast, but really it was like cliff notes anyway. So it was like, all right, make sure I touch on anyone who helped me for this fight or that. So I already had everything kind of, I knew what I was going to say about each individual. So it was definitely weird for me to be up there and it seemed like it went so fast, but I mean, I'm sure the more times you do stuff, the better you get. So maybe I just need more practice Yeah, in front of a prompter. No, you did a great job. I just didn't know if you, as great of a moment, as it was, I didn't know if you felt like it was a nuisance because you're trying to get ready for battle, right? Your last fight. And, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So so what happened was is I knew this was going to happen. I wasn't sure. I didn't ask any questions. So I knew this was going to be my last fight, and I wanted to enjoy it. So I got my weight down early. Did I mean, just was professional about it, so I didn't have to worry about anything. So then they were like, hey, we're just going to record your speech on Wednesday. And I was like, what? I was like, then I went there and they were going to record. I was like, why do they want me to do this? Well, we just figured you wanted to. I'm like, yeah. And then they kind of explained the whole process of it. And then I was like, yeah, I want to be involved. I'd be taking the picture with all the other Hall of Famers up there. It was definitely a good experience. And I wanted to be there for Jen. So uh, I slept on his couch many times. I was a roommate of his. I mean, I'm very excited about him getting into the Hall of Fame. And I just wanted to be a part of it. And enjoy it so yeah i was all good i mean i've cut weight so many times i've i mean just easy for me uh any part of you kind of wish that rory was there as well uh yeah it would have been nice but that's not who he is right now he's he's kind of a lot like me he kind of like stays out of the limelight just wants to go out there fight and kind of hang out with his family and relax. But I understand, but it's been nice to see him there. I mean, but whatever. Yeah, uh, it's all good. No, I, yeah, he's completely, I don't even, I think he like deleted his social media and whatnot. So uh, he's completely like off the map um, and, and and more power to him. Uh, it was wild to see you as you were walking into the uh, the cage and, and to, to see the emotion on your face. Have you ever experienced anything like that right before a fight? really because it was more like all right let's enjoy this let's embrace this this moment and and this is the last time just kind of like enjoying it it's been a long road and just trying i mean sometimes you're just so focused on the fight i was more focused on every aspect of this like just walking in there feeling the crowd listening to buffer do his stuff so it's just like yeah i've, I've never done that because i'm always focused on just fighting and how i feel were you worried that the emotions would affect you at all in a negative way uh no uh i didn't feel that good going into that whole week or this whole camp but like i t was trying to take a nap about two o'clock before the fight and then something popped in my head i'm like okay i'm good to go Huh. That's it. Just something popped in my head, and, and I'm like, oh, I got this. It's going to be, 
I feel good. So then like in the back, I just felt good. Like all of a sudden everything clicked and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I feel great. So this guy's in trouble. When you say something popped in your head, what do you mean by that? Just like a positive, like affirmation, just like something really good. I was like, oh, this is freaking okay. I'm good. Just like, because wow. I was actually trying to take a nap and like do some recovery stuff. And I'm like, as soon as that popped in my head, I'm like, okay, let's go. I'm ready to go and just, just rode that into the fight, really. Were, were you stressed at all because of the last, like you wanted to go out with a win, right? Uh, yeah, definitely want to go out with a win, but I wanted to feel good going in. It was like, all right, like if I feel good, anybody's in trouble. That's how I always look at it. So I'm like, oh man, my freaking body's not feeling this or that. And it's like, all right, I feel great. And mm -hmm. then that's really what it was. That's why I always like, everyone's always focused on the other guy. I've always been focused on myself. If I feel great, then... I think I'm going to do well. It's like some, and if you don't feel great, then you just still have to figure out how to get the job done. So it's like, that's always been my focus, how I feel, how I need to get the job done with whatever my issue is. Um, your, your walkout song has become one of the best. Hold on. I'm coming. You didn't walk out to that this time. How come? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just kind of like different phases, different songs. I just felt like the last Mohicans, uh, songs, just how it is end of an era just like how it is i mean just that's the feel i had uh did you expect like in the back of your mind did you think it would be that quick did you feel like that was a a strong possibility uh i had no idea really because i didn't really watch much tape on him i just kind of worked on myself but then when i was like moving and I felt how hard I was punching in the back. And I was like, okay. And then when I was moving during the fight, I'm like, okay, like, let's not give this guy a chance to, like, get going. And then I just kind of, like, went at it. Went well. I just landed some good shots on the right spots. And I still have power. Uh, the finish was great. Your, your post-fight reaction was probably even better for people who've been watching you for a long time. Uh, could you possibly put into words, like, when it sunk in, that's how your final fight ended, and now, like, it's all coming to an end, and the emotion that you should, like, could you put into words how you were feeling in that moment and, and the love that you were getting from the crowd, too? Uh, I think it was more an, a thing of gratitude for, like, everything that I've accomplished and everything that I've been able to do and just... Being on that stage this late in my career and everything I went through, it was kind of like when I was on the ground, kind of on my knees, it was like just feeling grateful for being blessed to be able to accomplish everything I've had, have done, and just everything that I have in life is, was hard work, but just being grateful for it is that, that was really the moment, just seeing it, feeling it, and Feeling good. Uh, did you know that they were going to play that video package while you were in the cage? No, I had no idea. I guess my wife was like, hey, uh, there's this video. You want to watch it? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> that was like earlier in the week. I'm like, no, I don't really care about anything. But So it's actually better that I didn't watch it. So, yeah, I had no ideas. It was actually funny just to see like 
how I progress and like just different fights and kind of cool. Yeah. Really cool, actually. Very cool. Like they never do that for anyone. Um, and I mean, it was just like they'll sometimes play it as you're walking out, but like you being in the cage with Rogan and everyone getting to watch it with you. That was super rare stuff, uh, and 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 very you know appropriate and deserving, and I know you like you like you you know that right like this doesn't happen, and so I was wondering what you were thinking in the moment like probably you're watching it but uh, all eyes were on you and you're getting emotion emotional as well. Uh, did you enjoy it? Did you were you were you hoping that it would end like because I know you you never really loved that sort of stuff, and so here you are like everyone's yeah. just showering you with love. Yeah, no, I was just kind of like embracing the moment. It was actually really good because it just like able to see my career from the start to finish with different highlights is like man just remembering like because i don't really allow my, i don't look back at my career like remember that time remember this i i when i look back at my career i don't really remember these fights i remember i remember people i've seen and like stuff i did for those camps people who helped me but just like to see some of those things and just be reminded of like some of these moments and I just laugh at myself when I had hair, yeah. just like how wild I used to fight, just like how not refined I was, and just is it's cool. It was really amazing. Cool. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I'm just wondering that went so well. Was there any part of you afterwards? Is like, man, maybe I have one or two left in me. Uh yeah. I, I mean, I definitely have more left in me. It's just it's one of those things where it's. Uh, like you figure it out. I just can't do as much as I used to is the thing. Like I don't, I can't train the way I want to train. Like when I'm, I, I'm like the guy who likes to do extra mm. and like now it's like, Hey, just relax. You know how to fight. Let's just get you to the fight. So that's, that's the hard part for me. Cause I'm like, I like to work. I like to work out. I like to lift. I like to do all these things. And I have this checklist and, <laughs> That checklist is too much. When, so, when did it become too much? Like, when did you start to feel like the body was uh, not, you know, reacting like it once did? Uh, well, it reacts fine. It's just that it's, I just can't like do these three a days, these four days, these long days. I mean, I can, but then I'm out for a day or two and have to rest and i'm not recovered so just just finding that balance and realizing hey you don't need to do that much you don't so it's just those types of things as you get older you just figure out a way to get the job done and it's just it's more of a mindset a lot of times you're working out to make sure you're ready and i realized during this campaign hey, man you're ready let's just be good on that saturday that's mm -hmm. it you only need to be really good on that saturday so like go through the motions try to sharpen everything up but really it only matters how good you are on that saturday you know what it's like in combat sports uh people retire all the time and they come back can you say definitively you'll never fight again yeah no i'm a, I'm a fighter i will never gonna say that it's just like but I've, I'm in a good place, and I mean, you never know, but I feel good. Okay. I feel good, and I mean, I'm not training. I mean, I'm lifting, I'm running, I'm keeping myself in shape, but 
yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. You don't think that you'll get that itch in a year or two and say, eh, maybe one more, a boxing match, something like that? Yeah, I'm not going to say no, but because um, you never know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel great, and I know how to train at my old age to be ready for one day. Right. And be sharp for one day. So, I mean, and it's always fun. That's actually what I enjoy about sports in general is how can you be as good as you can for a certain day and a certain bout or how can you, I love tweaking things and like being a scientist of my own freaking body and like trying to, all right, I need to have this. I need to do this and like figuring out a way to get the job done. And it's like nutrition it's recovery. So I'm always going to be doing those things. So nothing's really changing in that aspect. It's just, I'm just doing it for the fun of it. And so is the next step for you coaching? Is that what you're going to be doing primarily now? Yeah, just coaching at uh, Killcliffe FC, a lot of good fighters. I mean, I didn't get where I am today by not getting help from good coaches and good training partners. So it's just giving them a little technique and a little push here and there so that make their life a little easier and use my knowledge to help others. Will you be uh, looking after a certain set of fighters or just kind of available for everyone? Like, how does that work over there at the gym? Uh, I'm, if, if I, I mean, I'll help everyone really, but it's like, how much effort am I going to put into a guy has to do with him and his abilities and how much he's ready to absorb and if he's willing to absorb. So it's like finding that balance and like different guys like different coaches and different things. So it's like figure out what each fighter needs something different. So like if I can help somebody, I will. If I can't, then I'll stay away. It's just one of those things, just just like a fight, like mm-hmm. figuring out, tweaking and making yourself a better coach and trying to make these guys better fighters. Uh, just want to ask you a couple of things about your career and then I'll let you go again. Thank you so much for, yep. for the time. I appreciate it. Uh, you may not have an answer, but just curious, do you have a favorite knockout? I have a favorite one of yours that I would uh, be happy to share, but do you have a favorite knockout? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> Melvin Manhoff to me is, I mean, like the way your leg was going there in that fight and then you coming back and the, the, to me it's, it's Manhoff and, uh, and Matt Lindland. Those two are one and two. And honestly, like two of my top 10 favorite, both of them. But if I had to pick one, yeah. it would be Melvin Manhoff. Yeah, that's really. I actually like the Lindman one too. My hands were feeling pretty good then, but yeah, that Manhoff was was a rough fight for a little bit. The, your leg, like, did did that kill the way your your leg was going, like all the way up here? Yeah, it was. I was just going with it because I mean, he's kicking so hard. That was before I really knew how to check kicks, and I didn't expect him. I expected hands first, and then him to finish with legs he started with legs first and started and then finished with hands so just yeah i had to get surgery tore my meniscus after that fight but it was like the first couple times i'm like okay and when i felt it like crunch i was like took a step i'm like okay i can walk we're good let's keep going (laughs) you're just like assessing the whole time like you know okay yep you're good like everything's attached everything's fine 
That is unbelievable. Uh, the the Strike Force run was was interesting. Like that's when you started to grow out the hair and the beard and everything. And there was the one scene where you were sleeping at the press conference, and it just sort of felt like the motivation wasn't there before you got to the UFC. What would have happened if the UFC didn't buy Strike Force, and you weren't able to find your way back? Do you think that the career would have ended sooner? Uh no, I don't think the career would have ended sooner. It just would have been it would have been different. I mean, because I enjoyed fighting. I did not enjoy waking up to go to a press conference when I wanted to be sleeping <laughs> so that they could ask questions to everyone. Actually, just, I think, Fedor. Yeah. So, like, everyone's there, and it's like, okay, I don't care then, but I'm tired. But, yeah, it's just, like, not a good look anyways. Unprofessional, but, I mean, you live and learn. Yeah. Um, but but do you would it have bothered you if you never got that UFC title? Uh I don't think it would have, but everything aligned at the right time. It was funny because I was outside the UFC. Yeah. Just like having fun, training and just watching everyone in the UFC. Like, okay, I match up good against this guy, I match up good against that guy. That's where I want to be. So it was gonna happen eventually, but it it's kind of weird when you're on the outside looking in. It was like they were at a disadvantage because I was watching them. They weren't really, I don't doubt they were really paying attention to me. I was like, okay, like, just wait until I go back down to 170 and, and see. So, blessings. I mean, it's yeah. just, just how it worked out. Uh, one of my favorite underrated moments of yours happened just a couple of years ago. Uh, I haven't talked to you since. Just wanted to ask you about the moment. Um, after you fought Nick Diaz again, it was caught on camera. You just sort of asking him, are you good? Uh, and I love that moment because it, it was like from one fighter to another, just asking another if they're doing well. Uh, can I ask you what you remember from that moment and why you felt the need to ask him that question in uh, in the cage right after the fight? Uh, I don't know, lad. It just felt like the right time. I mean, I've always had respect for Diaz. Like, he's he just comes to fight, and it was like he had been out for so long coming back, and, you know, there's talk about issues or this and that, and it's like, all right, like, the fighting's going to be done. Like, it's like win or lose, but how are you doing kind of thing. And I just wanted him to know and just kind of, I wanted to know, like, are you good? Is there anything I can do to help you kind of thing or collaborate on anything? And I mean, that's just how sports should be. I mean, it's all, it's all about respect in the end. I, I believe martial arts, I think life really, it's like all about respect. You go out there, you freaking go to battle, you freaking do your best. And when, when the game or the fight's over, it's, that's it. Like it's, Let's go back to living our lives and trying to be good people, right? And I know you said that you always went like fight to fight, but just curious if we would have talked, you know, in the early 2000s, you're a teenager, you're sleeping on Jen's couch, you're in Iowa, all that stuff. And and I would have told you like, man, it's going to be a Hall of Fame career. You're going to be UFC champion. You're going to get all these fights, 22 years, like the whole run. Would you have believed, like, did you even allow yourself to believe this did you think of this did you dream of this or has this like completely blown away anything that you thought of back then i would have looked at you and just been like <laughs> okay like kind of like but really 
I knew who I was. I, I always knew who I was and I knew my abilities and, and it was how can I go out there and show people who I am as a fighter and and be the best I could be. And that's really what the process was about for me. And it was the Rory fight. I mean, push comes to shove is a freaking battle, but he brought the best out of me and I was able to show everyone who I was skill-wise, heart-wise, and it's just always who I knew I was. Even at that age, like, people would be like, oh, that guy's this and this guy. And I was like, I know who I am. Like, just wait. That's that's kind of my mindset is like, just wait. But really, I didn't really care. I just wanted to make money and and, uh, and be a kid and just and fight and train and wrestle and just do and just do what I enjoy, which was train to fight and everything around it. Well, you did all that, my man. Uh, congrats on a great career. Truly uh, honored to cover you and watch all those fights all over uh, the world and, and uh, everything that you did. Uh, there was never a boring Robbie Lawler fight. You always brought it. So congrats. Uh, what a moment on uh, you know International Fight Week. Uh, you deserve that. And, and thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Again, I know yep. you don't love doing these, but uh, this was a real treat. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. So thanks for everything, Robbie. And good luck with the coaching now. And hopefully we'll see you at the events uh, for many years to come. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, there he is, the great Robbie Lawler, ruthless Robbie Lawler. When you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that. That seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Evelyn against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricia Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um, Tiago Santos. Whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View or DAZN. What a legend, uh, and what, what a great chat. That was so lovely. I, uh, I really enjoyed that a lot, and uh, yeah, that, that, that might have been my favorite Robbie Lawler interview after all these years. The first time I think I spoke to him was 2009 for Jerry Park, and uh, here we are in 2023 talking about the end of his career. That was tremendous stuff. Uh, really, really enjoyed that. Thank you to his manager, Dave Martin, for that as well. Uh, one guy whose career is not coming to an end anytime soon is Nathaniel Wood. What a big win for him this past weekend in London. Uh, what a great run he has been on since his move to 145. He had the big win over Andre Feely on Saturday at the O2. Uh, a nice, solid, hard-fought, unanimous decision win. He's kind enough to join us right now. Let's go to London and say hello to Nathaniel Wood. Hello, Nathaniel. How are you doing? Thanks for the time. 
I'm very well. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Yes, it's a pleasure. And uh, I know that your uh, your sister got married on on Monday, and you were a little banged up. How were the photos with all the uh, the wear and tear on the face? Luckily, I had the shades, so that covered the uh, the black eyes. But I had to wear my UFC sliders, my sandals, because uh, my feet wouldn't fit in the shoes. So oh my gosh! She, she was a little bit annoyed, but she said, "You know, you got the wins, so that's all that matters." And uh, yeah, it was a good day regardless, so um, it was nice. Just curious, at any point in that 15-minute war, did the thought of your sister's wedding come in your mind for like a brief second? Like, oh man, my sister's going to be mad at me. Did that ever come in, or were you so locked in? She's probably not watching this, so no, okay. it didn't come into my mind. That was the last thing I was worried about. All I was focused on is the fight, so uh, yeah, in a way, that came first. Okay. Uh, your thoughts on your performance in the fight? Uh, you know, you both hit each other with some heavy shots. Both were rocked. I know you said afterwards the second round, he dazed you quite well. Uh, overall, were you happy with what you did out there? And, and did you think that it was going to be in your favor? It was close, uh, but, you know, it was unanimous in your, in, your, uh, in, 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 in your favor. Did you think that it would be a unanimous decision once they went to the judges' scorecards? Yeah, so I knew in the fight... Obviously, after the third round, I knew that I had the first and the third round. You know, I knew that the second round, I lost it. There's no way that I'm getting that one. Uh, but I knew without a doubt that the first was mine. I was pretty confident that the third was mine as well. Um, so the performance, positive, the pros and the cons, um, you know, obviously I got caught. Um, and a lot of people, you know, have been saying, oh, you haven't got a chin and all that. But if you watch the fight back, most people would have been out from that shot. You know, he landed that hook straight on my jaw, clean as anything, and I was still going. You know, I was still able to fight through it and, and get the win. Um, for me, I'm proud of that. You know, I feel like that's a positive to take, that I can take a dig like that and still win the fight and still keep going. Um, I would have liked to have obviously got him out in the first round when I did catch him. You know, I wanted to put a statement to the UFC that, not only can I hang in with the 145ers, I can also finish. And, uh, yeah, I was a bit gutted that obviously I didn't get that. But, you know, three fights at featherweight, three decisions, it's given me plenty of um, octagon time, if you like. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy to get that experience under my um, my belt. And I would imagine the answer is yes, but just curious, because, you know, some of these guys at 145 are big boys. Do you feel 100% certain that 145 is the best weight class for you? Hundred and ten percent. Okay. No uh no and I'm sure you love life, right? At one forty five as opposed to one thirty five, right? Yeah, so if I'm honest, mate, it's something I've been thinking of doing for a very long time. I actually fought on Bellator seven years ago at Featherweight and won, had no issues whatsoever. It's something that in the gym I struggle with the flyweights more than I do the featherweights when I was a bantamweight. Wow. And the reason is because the flyweights match my speed. So of course, if you have a, a Khabib-style opponent, you know, someone that's going to drag you down, lay on you, beat you up, you know, that kind of style. That's a style where, yeah, you don't really want to give away too much weight. But when it comes to striking, I feel that being the smaller guy is the advantage, especially when it comes to the boxing, being in the pocket, you know, punching up as opposed to punching down. It's easier to defend takedowns because being five foot six, like, like Volkanovski, you know, um, my opponents have to, they have to go lower. They have to shoot a lot lower than they would against someone that's 5'11", let's say. 
the speed, you know, not only have I got the speed advantage in my hands and kicks on the striking department, my reactions, I just feel so much quicker when I'm against the featherweights as opposed to, to the flyweight slash bantamweights. So I feel that people look at the weight too much and they kind of forget that, look, you know, weight's great when it comes to the grappling department, but you still have to get the person down. You still have to um, get a hold of them. You know, and if I'm moving around pretty fast and I'm seeing where people are coming from, you know, I feel like I'm in the matrix almost, you know. I feel like I can see things before they've even thrown them, except for Andre Feely's hook, of course. That uh, that came out of nowhere and got me bad. So, um, but yeah, you know, the proof's in the pudding. I've had three fights at featherweight now, three wins, you know, two dominant wins and one that was a bit of back and forth, you know, and I don't feel that in any of those fights have I struggled with anything to do with weight or size. Um, and mate, I'm able to live a good life and have a proper fight camp. Right. I'm tired of the days where I was killing myself just to make weight. You know, I wasn't even focused on my opponents. All I would be focused on in training is how many calories can I burn? How much weight can I make? And it's not fun, mate. You know, it really isn't. So unless the UFC said to me, you're going to fight 135, but it's going to be a, you know, a million pound fight it's for the belt. It's something special. I'm not going back down to 135, you know. I'd rather go and get a job and, and, and hang up the gloves because I kind of was despising the sport, if you like. Wow. Um, when I was going to that much, you hated it that much that you would walk away? 100%, yeah. Unless, obviously, it's a uh, big fight, you know, where they say fight once or twice a year. But I like to fight, and I want to fight three, four times a year at least. And I can't do that bantamweight. Mm. For me to make bantamweight was taking me 12 weeks, you know. You saw the video where I had veins all over my body. I must have been 4% body fat. And I still had 7 kilos to cut, you know. And I'm not one of these guys that can cut 6 kilos in water weight, you know. For me to lose 3.5 kilos in the sauna, it once took me 6.5 hours. And, uh, mate, that will send anyone mental. You know, that stuff's hard. Uh, by the way, side note, is there anything uh, near the computer that there's like a popping sound when you're talking? Is there anything that would be causing that? No, nothing. It's just me here. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. Frank, should we? What, what should we do? I don't. I just don't want. Frank, any? Uh, well, we need to persevere. So, for Perse- now. or should we reconnect real uh, fast? We could do that. Do you mind if we reconnect? Just because I don't want to ruin the interview. It's just popping when you speak. Uh, so we'll call you right back. Let's let's just call him right back and see if that makes a difference. If not, uh, we shall persevere. Thanks for uh, overseeing that, Frank. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll get him right back. Um. Talking to Nathaniel Wood, he's won three in a row, and he's looked very good at 145. Uh, obviously, a mainstay whenever the UFC goes to London, uh, a big part of their plans over there. Uh, Charles Rosa, Charles Jordan, and Andre Feely are no slashes. I mean, those are solid, solid unanimous decision victories. Very solid. Uh, so I'm curious to see where he goes from here. Uh, 19 and 5, they call him the prospect. Obviously, was the former Cage Warriors champion, a fan favorite because he is from London. Um, and so we shall reconnect with him, uh, fighting obviously out of uh, Great Britain top team with some good people over there as well. Brad Pickett, our old friend. Uh, soon coming on the program at 3 o'clock in about uh, 23 minutes from now, we'll be joined by Paulo Costa. So stay tuned for that. I'm looking forward. To talking to Bohashinia, and then we'll get to the rest of the uh, the questions. Of course, uh, we uh, only got through two 
unfortunately. We did make the Those big announcement. Those are two good questions. Yeah. Well, it was the big announcement that took up a lot of the time, the big announcement that we'll be going to Dallas for uh, DS Paul Fight Week. How fun is that? I mean, that is just, that is big business right there, as they say. Huge. Yeah. We're working mm. on it. Mm. Saw that side eye. Mm. Tremendous. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, so, yeah, there'll be a regular show on Monday. But then the Wednesday show, a week from now, uh, will be from Dallas at the Open Workouts, which should be quite the scene. And uh, as I said, open to the public. So there's going to be people around us, hopefully all nice people, all welcoming people, uh, hopefully no issues there. It's still always so weird when I look at my computer and I see an X in one of the tabs. Yeah. Like, what is this X thing that I'm... Uh... Oh, that X, yeah. Yes, do you know what I'm talking about? yeah. Um, and like, it feels what? foreign. Yes, uh, because it do, it's like black. It doesn't feel like it. When it changed on the app, it was pretty sad. Was it sad? Were you sad I about thought that? so. It just doesn't feel like Twitter. So yeah, I just remember you know like Arab Spring, Twitter being at the instrumental, and now I feel like it's just kind of it's crap to be honest. Wow. Okay, I didn't know you felt that way, Frank. Yeah. Wow, crap. Um, well, it's very unfortunate, but, uh, them's the break sometimes. Um, we'll go back to, uh, Nathaniel Wood, hopefully in a matter of moments. Uh, he was right before, uh, the Molly McCann fight and then, uh, everyone was very sad. And then Tom Aspinall showed up and sent the crowd home happy. And how about Tommy and John Jones on, uh, Tuesday? Was it? Yes. John just going on a bit of a tweet rampage. And then all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> Tom giving him a bit of a, uh, a taste of his own medicine. John loves to talk about people on Twitter, which is kind of his thing, and not at them. Just like he knows it's going to end up on their phone, go in their direction. He, he knows that people are going to see it, send it to the person that he's talking about. So he never adds. He used to do this with DC all the time. And Tom uh, just writes, John, chill out, mate. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so much. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and so I feel like we're building some momentum here. I feel like things are happening. I feel like uh, there's there's some buzz. I told you. Aspinall's going to be in that mix. And I feel like if he fights on the MSG card or around the MSG card and John fights, obviously, on the MSG card and beats Stipe and Aspinall wins, I mean, that's a big-time fight. That is a big-time fight. And I feel like John's reaction to it all suggests that it's a big time fight. And I get what he's saying. Like, look, I've been here for well over a decade. I've got white hair on my chin. I'm a, I'm a grizzled vet and I still haven't lost officially. And so there's always going to be someone. Tom's a little bit different. Feels like he's a little bit different. If he beats Tom, he will have cleaned out the division. There's always going to be that guy, obviously. But uh, to me, there's a greater... The buzz for Aspinall Jones would be bigger than the buzz for Jones Pavlovich, in my opinion. I think that would be a bigger fight, um, just because we don't know as much about Pavlovich. Doesn't have that connection, that that fan base. Um, Aspinall is just—I don't know. I, I would love to see that fight. Golly, I would love to see it. But I, I stand by what I said on uh, Monday. Aspinall Pavlovich might be the best non-title fight, or intriguing—the one that we haven't seen yet. Poirier Gaethje's great. We saw it. I just, I just love that. Hey, fight. yes, 
he's back. Okay, let's go back. Nathaniel, you there? Oh, wow. What a different... I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, this is a You're mass... on my phone now. This so, is a uh... massive difference. This is a massive difference. I could see the, the, the bruising on your, your face, the cut and all that, a lot clearer. This is very nice. Uh, so thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Big difference. Um, no, no problem. All right. So, so now we have the three, and I, I saw what you said before the fight about like, you know, feeling like you're not really in the mix in the party at 145. Do you feel like you are in the mix now? Do you feel like that was the performance that you needed to get into the mix? Um, I'm not sure. You know, I kind of thought after that fight, maybe I'd get ranked. Um, it doesn't look like anything's changed. So I like to think that, you know, people are taking notice of me now, but I feel that the top 15 will look at me as a risky fight with not enough reward. You know, I think people are chasing them rankings, especially I am. Um, and I think people know that I'm a tough fight. You know, I don't think Feely got enough respect before that fight. You know, I think Feely's a very game, very, very talented fighter. You know, he's been in the UFC for 10 years. And, you know, I think people may be kind of looking past that I just beat him. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm still kind of getting left out a little bit. But, you know, they can leave me out as long as they like. You know, I know that I'm going to climb that ladder and it's inevitable that, I, that I'm going to get where I need to be. So when the rankings came out yesterday, were you bummed when you weren't on there? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I know the rankings don't mean tons you know and you know i don't know how it's worked like yeah. you know as far as i'm concerned andre Feely should have got the decision against sadiq yusuf and sadiq yusuf ranked i think it was 13th or 12th and you know i'm not really kind of sure how everything goes on but um yeah i kind of thought maybe i would have done enough by now but if not you know i'll keep chipping away at it and uh yeah you know i'll never turn an opponent down so whatever the ufc give me um then then i'll step in there with uh, you may not like this thought, and I will apologize in advance for saying it, but I do feel like the biggest fight next for you is Lerone Murphy. There's just there's something there with you guys. Uh, does that annoy you? I, I spoke to him on Monday about it. I don't know if you saw any of that. Um, and I wasn't trying to stir the pot. I saw what you said as well about the media. I, I didn't see it, honestly. Okay, yeah, you were busy. But, you, you were, you, I know you had stuff going on with your family, but uh, there's just something there that now I just really want to see you guys fight. Yeah, for sure. That's an exciting fight that I would love to have. Um, it's one that I asked for for this card that had just gone. You know, I never asked for Andre Feely. I asked for Lerone Murphy. It didn't happen. Um, it's a fight that makes sense, you know, 100%. And I am all for it. Don't think it's going to happen, if I'm honest. I feel that maybe the UFC want us to both kind of work our way up the ladder and then maybe meet. Um, if not, you know, maybe next year, I'm sure they'll come to London again. You know, why can't we do a co-main event or main event, you know, Battle of the Brits, if you like. Mm. Um, obviously, we've got three guys from from England, you know, Arnold Allen, myself and Lerone Murphy in them featherweight rankings. So why not see who the, the two are out of us, you know, because I know Arnold Allen's obviously up there in the, in the I think, ranked fourth. Um, so, yeah, you know, me and Lerone, that would be nice. And it would be nice for us to be able to kind of put our money where our mouths are and, but if it doesn't happen, you know, I kind of wish Lerone all the best now. You know, I'm a little bit past the kind of animosity, if you like. I did say see him on the just before the fight, and I wished him good luck for his fight and stuff. So um, I don't feel like there's major bad blood there. But if the fight gets matched, you know I'm going to sign it straight away. I thought for sure they'd match you guys up 
against each other on Saturday because you were supposed to fight in March, and there you both are on the card, ready to go. Why do you think they didn't do it now? Like, maybe I, I get what you're saying now. Like, maybe now they want to see you guys go in a different direction. But for the build-up to Saturday, why, why don't you think they, they booked you guys? I haven't got a clue. The only thing I can think is maybe they wanted to make it bigger than what it was. Um, obviously, we had a little kind of debate with each other. It wasn't even really that heated, but straight away the cameras were on. And I was thinking, you know, where the hell did that camera come yeah. from? Um, so maybe they're, they're hoping that it can be bigger. Maybe it is. You know, I'd like to think that in the UFC's mind, they're thinking, you know, these two could be the main event next year. Let's build it up. Let's make it more special. Whether they actually are thinking about that, I have no idea. You know, maybe they literally just thought, right, Laurent can fight that guy and, and Nath can fight on Jay Felia. I don't know. But um, that was the fight that me, my manager, put forward and said, look, can we get Laurent Murphy? And next thing he was matched with um, uh, Josh, the guy he just fought. So I'm not sure, you know, honestly. I don't know if obviously Laurent knows any more than I know. Um, but yeah, that's the fight I was asking for. So uh, till this day, you still don't know who filmed that last week? No, I saw the UFC guy. Oh, with the camera. Oh, well, but I don't. I didn't see what like me, me and Lerone. We probably was chatting for a couple of minutes before the camera was there. Got it. But literally, obviously, I was kind of in the zone chatting to yeah, him, yeah, yeah. and then next thing in the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, there's a guy with a camera now, and this has just made it yeah. feel like we need to like put some stage thing on. Which obviously I don't. You know, I'm not yeah. one of these kind of Colby Covington guys. I'm mate. What you see is what you get. You know, if you see me having a row with someone, you can believe it's it's real. Um, and I'm not going to put it on for the cameras, you know. Uh, did that annoy you that that was filmed? I don't, I wouldn't say it annoyed me, but a part of me thought like, you know, when they were doing it, I was like, there's nothing going on. Yeah. You know, because then I felt like we almost had to put something on, which we didn't, you mm. know, neither me, me or Lerone, neither one of us kind of played that game. Um, so I feel like they were trying to get something going and obviously we shut them down. So, you know, we didn't play that game, but you know, I, I understand. Oh. Sorry. We still have you for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I get it. It's the entertainment business and that's why my fights, I always, you know, make sure that I, I put on a show to entertain, but yeah, you know, I'm not that kind of less fake talk trash, push each other in the corridors, you know? Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say it annoyed me, but I just felt like it was a bit unnecessary. Okay. Yeah. And that's interesting. Cause he, I feel like he's the same way. Like he doesn't really like the trash mm. talk and all that stuff. You're, you're, you're both kind of similar in that regard. Uh, I just think I don't a- like people stirring the pot. Yeah. So I said something at, on one of my interviews and, uh, I'm not sure who it was, a lady interviewer stirred it and went and told him that I said something and kind of changed it okay. a little bit. And that's the sort of stuff I don't appreciate because that's not what, that's not how I said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'll always back up what I say. And, you know, I said that me and Lerone both said things to each other that weren't acceptable and both offended each other, whatever, you know, because you're in the heat of the moment. But don't change the word how I said it um, to try and get him to react in a different way. Sure. Because then if he came up to me in a certain manner, thinking that I'd said something differently, I'm going to react in a different way. You know, and I'm not into all that. Would you like for your next fight to be outside of Europe? 
if I'm honest, I'll always like to stay at home okay. because jet lag affects me, man. I'm a horrible little man when I don't have my sleep. Um, and jet lag does affect me. You know, I, I won't lie. If I'm honest, the two cards that I'm now a bit like, you know, I'd love to be on them. One, the Abu Dhabi card. And that's because I fought on Fight Island twice before and it, there was no fans. There was no um, crowd. So I would love to go back there and actually have the people watch me perform. And the Brazil card, man, because I've never been to Brazil. I know mm. I'm going to get some jet lag, but for me, you know, I would love to visit certain countries. Now that I'm not cutting a serious amount of weight, you know, obviously it's a little bit more comfortable and I'd love to go to Brazil. You know, I've never been there. I've got my wedding coming up next month. So I'm trying to see if I can make a honeymoon into a fight at the same time. Oh my you gosh. know, the missus obviously, she's not a hundred percent on that. But if I sort of say to her, oh, we're going to go to Brazil, fight, get paid, then go somewhere else. Then for me, that makes her a bit more special. Um, and it puts a bit more money in my bank for the honeymoon. So, uh, yeah. They're the two cards that I would like to have. But, yeah, you know, the close, the closer to home, the better. You know, I have a lot of supporters. I have a lot of friends and family that come to watch my fights. And if I can save them a little bit of money on travel, you know, then uh, I'll make sure to do that. Uh, first of all, congrats on the upcoming wedding. But second of all, to do your Thank honeymoon, you. like, on the on the back end of a fight, that adds a lot of pressure too, no? Like, you, you know, yeah. you want to be in a good mood. You want to win, right? Why do you want to have them back to back like that? So, so what? How I thought was like, okay, if you if we went out to Brazil, I fight Saturday night. We stay there for like let's say five nights. Go to like a really nice resort. Yeah, hopefully with a nice bit of cash in my pocket. You know, maybe a bonus, whatever. Then we fly somewhere else because I always like to sort of travel about a little bit. You know, I'd like to get a couple of countries in one for a honeymoon kind yeah. of thing, and uh, kind of remind me of when me and my, my fiance went traveling. You know, it's like bringing back memories sort of thing, and. Uh, yeah, you know, or I'll come home and then go again. But I would like for her to be able to visit these countries with me. You know, obviously Abu Dhabi, she wasn't allowed to come because it was COVID. Um, it would be nice for her to be able to share these experiences. You know, I don't want her in my corner. I don't want her cutting weight with me or doing any of that sort of stuff. But if she could come out and share these experiences with me, um, for me, that would make me very happy. There's a bit of a movement right now saying, hey, the UFC needs to get out of London uh, they've oversaturated it. Maybe go to Manchester, go to uh, you know Newcastle, go to Dublin, go to Glasgow. How do you, as as a proud uh, Londoner, how do you feel about this? Is it Londoner or Londonite? I think it's Londoner, right? Londoner. Okay, yeah, yeah. Londoner. Uh, uh, so for me, I don't feel that they have saturated it. I feel that the card that we just had was nowhere near as good as the two cards before which is why I think a lot of people moaned about it. You know, a lot of people were moaning about the ticket prices because they were the same as Leon Edwards versus, versus Kamara Usman, you know. So I don't think it's that London's saturated at all because the tickets sell out instantly. I just think that maybe the card on the weekend wasn't necessarily what people were hoping for. Um, but I do think it would be great if they went to Manchester, Birmingham, Liverpool, etc. So for me, I feel that they should, they could do as many as they like in a year. They would sell it out, no problem. So for me, I would be like, you know, if I was the UFC, I'd think, okay, let's go to let's go to the UK four times a year. You know, why not? Um, maybe Dublin, somewhere like that, mm -hmm. Ireland, in the you know, maybe Scotland, something like that would be cool. Uh, because I'm technically at home still, even though, you know, I'm going to have to stay there and stuff. But I don't think London's saturated at all. I just think maybe 
the card was nowhere near as big as that Leon Edwards Kamar Usman right. card. Uh, by the way, what are we going to do about the nickname? You're not a prospect anymore. Like you, you are here. Rankings or not, what are we going to? Uh, this is kind of like Faber. He wasn't a kid anymore, but he's. St- are, are we just going to stick with it till the end? I'm going to have to. I've started two businesses off that name. Oh so, my gosh! Uh, I've spent too much money, man. I'm going to be the oldest prospect in the game, <laughs> but. Yeah, I might have to change it to the comeback kid or something like that because I keep uh, having to come back from these fights. But um, yeah, you know, for now I'm going to stick with it. Maybe when I become UFC champ, I might change it. What What are the two businesses? So during my injury, you know, I thought it's you got I got to start businesses, man. You know, the UFC pay great, but if I don't fight, I don't get paid. So yeah. I've started one a clothing company, which is the Prospect Apparel. Um, I started that with a friend from of mine from school and that's actually been going a while now, but that was more something just to keep my mental health just focused on something because I felt like in between training, there was too many hours in the day where I was just, you know, just letting my mind go away with the fairies and just ending up in depressive states. So that's one of them. And then the other one, I've got the Prospect Academy, which is an online tutorial um, where people can train with me, but not just me, my whole team. So we've got everyone, my strength coach, Brad Pickham, you know, Ashley Grimshaw, my jiu-jitsu coach, um, you name it, we've got it. We've got my yoga instructor, my nutritionist, and all of that for five pounds a month. Wow. You know? um, and the idea is I don't need to make money from these businesses yet. You know, what I want to do is create something where in eight years' time when I retire, I've got something to fall back on because that scares the hell out of me. You know, when, when I retire, when I get injured, I don't get paid. Right. Um, so yeah, these for me are like my retirement plans. If you like, you know, I plant the seed now and hopefully, you know, by the time I retire, they've um, blossomed into a nice money tree that I can fall back on. I love Um, that. Very forward thinking of you. And the, uh, the apparel store is top notch. Like this isn't your typical, fighter sort of cheap stuff it's very it's very nice the store is very nice. i checked it out it's uh oh, thank you. yeah yeah it's really really nice stuff i'm 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 trying to create something that doesn't need me to sell it you know so that's why with the academy i don't want it to just be about me i want it to be about my my, my whole team you know if you want to train with a ufc fight team you can do that whereas most fighters i think usually do their own kind of online tutorial mm. but i don't want it to just be about me you know i want to bring people in that want to train with my coaches, you know, that might not have access to it. Uh, with the prospect apparel, you know, I purposely am trying to hire other models to to represent the brand because I want the brand to sell itself. I don't want it to just be about me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want it to be, right, that's a cheap T-shirt, but because it says my name on it, someone's going to buy it. I want it to be a quality brand where someone's going to buy it because of the material and how it fits, not just because it's my brand. So, uh yeah, it's early days yet, but you know I've got plenty of time on my side, and you know it keeps keeps me busy, man. And that's the main thing. And by the way, are you sponsored by a lightsaber company? Yes, had one outpost. What is going? Mate, what is a light? How, what, these guys. What is going? <laughs> these. I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, but these guys, and I saw their lightsabers, and mate, it is special. You know, these aren't kids' toys. These okay. aren't like kids' lightsabers. These are like solid metal mate do you know what I'll, I'm, I'm sure they'll send you one out if it if you've signed you was happy to have but they are cool as fuck mate they are so cool what do you use it for just a light really <laughs> nah <laughs> uh, mate i'm waving it around in the house all the time wow. I? I'm, I'm, as far as i'm concerned i'm a jedi now you know if you take this thing out at night time it lights the road up it wow. is 
they're expensive you know they're not cheap and uh they luckily, reach out to you, know, you? guys yeah they funny enough i've we've got a friend mutual friend i went to comic con with one of my friends which when he said he's taking me comic con i was like come on man you know i'm not going there anyway i went along they saw me and said mate please tell your mate not to buy a lightsaber today we'll give him one we'll come to the gym next week they live local to me and uh he said about sponsorship so here i am now and i'm sponsored by jedis that's so, awesome uh, it's a cool thing man you know it is and um they're they're a bit of a success story you know so um they had a hard they had some hard times and now they're you know they're doing very very well i love that uh just like you and uh your fight career now with three wins in a row so it's all apropos uh, congrats on the win, That's Nathaniel. It. What a great performance. What a great fight that was. Really, really great. One of the best of the night. And uh, looking forward to what's next. And hopefully you get that fight after the wedding, of course, in uh, in, in Brazil. That would be tremendous. And uh, obviously staying in the UK and in Europe, uh, you're a big star over there. So that makes all the sense in the world. Appreciate you doing this. Congrats again. And, and good luck with the upcoming wedding. Congrats on that as well. Thank you. I need it. It's expensive. Yeah. So, uh, thank you. All right. There he is. Nathaniel Wood. Uh, still the prospect. He's sticking with it. God bless. I mean, uh, like I said, Uriah Faber stuck with uh, the kid, the California kid. Till this day, he's still the California kid. He's not the man. There's a couple others like that. They they evolved from the the nickname Wonderboy. Mm. That's a great you one. Change to Prospector. Mm. So what's up with the lightsaber thing? Like people just. They buy them and they yeah. just have it. It's a cool toy, man. I mean, the one that Nathaniel Wood has in the picture, the purple one, is incredible. How like, much? If you get one sent to you, go ahead and you know add add a purple one on for me. Groups of people. Who uh, it it depends them. on which one you get. Uh, they have different like levels. You can get one for as low as like one twenty, but I saw some on the website that are like six hundred. Wow, six hundred dollars. And they look pretty legit, man. Does it do the thing like you press the button and it goes like? Oh yeah. Yeah, wow, it does. But this is like I used to have one back in the day that was like a foldable one. Wait, you used to have these one? telescoping ones? Yeah, these look way cooler. These are like really. I didn't know you were into that. Star Wars? Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen all the movies. Well, I've wow. not I've not seen one start to finish. <sighs> How many are there? Six? Nine. Nine main ones. Now Only there's a million spinoffs. Yeah. Million TV shows. No, I know the spinoffs, but like the official movies. Yeah, nine. Nine. Wow. Three, three different trilogies. The three originals, and then there was the three behind, and then three after? Yep. Wow. The three prequels don't really count anymore. They don't? What? No. Episode one, two, and three? Bro. Yeah. How can you I'm say gonna that? I'm going to say something crazy. The nostalgia for those, those are my, uh, I mean, episode one gets so much trash. I absolutely love it. Darth Maul. What year is this? Double-bladed. Mace Windu. Like 1999. Just stands there oh, like okay. it's cut. Right, 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 right. Nice one to purple lightsaber. Shout out. Sure, sure. Uh, all right, let's move along to our next guest and last guest of the day. Wow, it is always a great pleasure when we're joined by Bohashinya Paulo Costa. What a character he has turned into, uh, dare I say, one of the most popular and beloved fighters in the sport. And we found out last week that Chael Sonnen was right all along. No, he is not fighting this weekend at UFC 291. In fact, he was never fighting this weekend at UFC 291. He is, in fact, fighting in Abu Dhabi on October the 21st against Hamza Chamayev. Maybe the most anticipated non-title fight of the back end of the year. Holy smokes, the buildup has already begun. Here he is, without further ado, the pride of Belo Horizonte, the only fan superstar, Paulo Costa. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Hey, bro. Oh, wow. It's a pleasure to you have me here. 
and to be here on your great show. Thank you very much for inviting, guy, bro. And uh, yes, I miss you, bro. I, I I'd like to stay there live. Yes, too, but yeah, Brazil is so fucking far from from New York. But uh, next time, sure, uh, I I hope. Do you have any plans to come to New York? Uh, I I'd like to go, you know, tomorrow. But uh, I have plans to to be in Miami, Miami, right, man? Yeah. Miami uh, next week, I think. Oh wow, you would do great in Miami. And hello to Tamara as well. I didn't know she was joining us. Uh, Say hello, come on! Hello, don't, there she is, Tamara. How are the fingers? Every, Any, anything okay, new? Okay, everybody wants to see Tamara, right? Uh, What's going on? Anything? No, yet. Not yet. No Jeez, yet. what a saga! <laughs> this is. Oh, okay. In the ring, in the cage after the fight, like Benson Henderson. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Stop. Stop pressure me. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Paulo, every time I see you like <laughs> online and stuff, you put me in such a good mood. Like your your content these days has been unbelievable. You're on fire, and you just announced congratulations. You're doing uh, a whole new thing with OnlyFans, and I just wanted to know if I sign up because I was thinking about signing up. Uh, could you tell me what kind of content am I going to see on the OnlyFans? Because I know there's like so, so. Are you curious? Yeah, I'm just curious. <laughs> I just was wondering what 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 is in store because there's a price tag involved, right? I have to pay for this. Yeah, yes, so what am yes, I looking yes, uh, yes. at? What 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 is what, what am I getting for my money? Okay. <laughs> Besides all jokes, and I'm so I, I'm a funny guy, you know. I have a good mood, but uh, yeah, your OnlyFans is a new platform. I think they are investing uh, a lot in new fighters to interchange a little bit. Uh, the concept the guy the people has about the OnlyFans. OnlyFans is not only is as well, but not only a platform to erotic stuffs, you know. So. Uh, <laughs> What? What do you love? <laughs> no, I just I I like the way you say it. Yeah, so I I do not because uh, you know I have the best girlfriend ever, Tamaya. She signed me with OnlyFans. Can you imagine that? Wow! She put me there. Yeah, she's so <laughs> open minded. Yeah, right? she's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's cool. She's cool as a lot as a, uh, a lot. So uh, yeah, but my plan is not uh, at least for for now not. Uh, uh show my my butt or my you know my stuff there okay it's just show more content about my lifestyle hard trains uh sparrings some stuff that is not so uh easy to post on normal social media common social media like facebook twitter instagram so they they are paying me to do that so i, I need to deliver some content and uh the deal is uh, delivery some very exclusive content for only for OnlyFans for OnlyFans uh, uh, subscribers. Okay, I like it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, and it's it started right. You're are you are you? I heard some people. There's some people they make like five hundred thousand a month. A lot of big money involved, right? Yes, big money involved, especially when you show something some content naked uh, and sure. they, they, some girls is make a lot of money some girls make a lot of money you know it's not my 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 goal my goal right now is is show more about paulo costa lifestyle stuff uh, who i who i i am i really i am and uh maybe sometimes it's not possible to show yeah sure That's sure, sure. i i think you can make I'm that happy. kind of money I'm happy for fans. thank you on your fans for inviting me yeah, I think you can make that kind of money. You don't have to go there. I think I think there's enough demand 
for just your regular content where you don't have to go there if you yeah, ask. Yeah, is it off, right? Yes, it yes, off? yes. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe can do something. Uh, it'll be spicy for for only for girls. Yeah. Sure, 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 for, sure. Only for biological girls. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, Paulo, uh, so much to ask you about. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Clearly, you have re-signed with UFC. Were, were you ever close to... I know we spoke, it was close, but uh, you weren't quite signed on the dotted line. Were you close to leaving at any point? Yeah, um, I, I think so. I think we, we, we push a lot in both sides, on both sides. I think they, they push a lot as well. And uh, yes, uh, all... Uh, what I can say for you and for everybody understand very well the situation that happened is we are able to do everything at all uh, at all the moment we are I I was uh, able to do wherever the situation move us to do like uh, get out renew you know so we are hundred percent of time hundred percent. Uh, convicted that we 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 should uh, we could not be part anymore or continue, but I think we did the best way. I think UFC is happy. I'm so happy. Hunter, the guys, Camp, uh, Hunter Campbell, uh, Dana. I think they are happy because Dana uh, personally asked for this for that fight against Shimaev. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I need to I need to mention Tamara did great job. Represented me, and Tiki Tiki Garson. He's uh, you know him? Of course, yeah. I didn't know you work with him. Yeah. Long time yes. manager. Yes, yes. You work uh, with him? No, no. But I know him. He represents T.J. Uh, Dillashaw and uh, Rampage yes. Jackson. So many guys. Dustin Poirier. He works with too, right? Exactly. Yeah, Brian Ortega. I think as well. Yes, Brian Ortega. Right, right, right. So now you're working with him too. Yes, and and uh, uh, he, he jump in the negotiation and uh he came to help you know because we are on a, a kind of stuck and he, he helped a lot he helps uh, us a lot he has on, a great on, relationship on with dana they're very close friends you know yes, my I know. Guy, really. yes. Yeah, you know everything i know you are, you are the weak pedal of mma sure sure i'll take that um so then why so mm. everything was good why did they say up until like a week or so ago paulo why did they say that you were fighting on 291 in Salt Lake City? What was going on over there? It's more about negotiation uh, uh, way. You know, we are we we at some point this took very hard way, and then, uh, but you know, since the day one, they talk about Ukraine. Uh, I I can say I can tell you, it was like a 99 percent of chance of not happening. Uh. You know, it's that kind of uh, let's see. Uh, we have this. We don't have any anyone other fighter available for a fight. To you now, something like that. But it never made sense to me. Like you're such a big name. No disrespect to him, but like there's just such yes, a big difference between you guys. No, me either. I think he's a a very talented kid. I I I, I didn't take too, too many uh, time watching his fights. I, I just watch. Watch it. Uh, one, uh, his he his fight on, on UFC against few waves, uh, and uh, I, I have trained with few waves uh, when in 2015 when Vitor Belfort invited us to 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 his fight camp against Weidman a long time ago. Yeah, and uh, yeah, 
I, I just watched that fight, but not respect him, you know, just I just think he, he need to to do uh more steps and uh, and to fight the, the big names. Was it annoying for you like it kept being promoted that you were on the card and you knew that you weren't on the card? Ah, uh, I think I'm 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 a, a fighter for UFC, you know. So they yeah, I, I, it's not uh, boring me or annoying me. Uh, I just think this is kind of the company uh, can do, and they they do this. So I'm cool. I'm I'm okay with that. When did you know that you were definitely not fighting in Salt Lake City this weekend? When I when I did know that, yeah. I knew I knew that uh, actually kind of five weeks ago, six weeks ago. Okay, all right. Long time ago. Yeah. Long time. And is that when you knew that you were fighting in Abu Dhabi? Because Chael Sonnen told me in April that you were fighting in Abu Dhabi. How does yes. he know this guy? I don't know how this guy got this information. Huh? Did you this even know is... back then? Did you know that you were fighting him uh, in, in Hamzad in, in Abu Dhabi in October? <laughs> you know what? Uh, in January, then uh, then uh, January or February, something uh, uh, in the beginning of this year, uh Dana uh, uh Tiki, he say, hey, the fight to make is Paul against Shimaev. So, but this fight only can happen on Abu Dhabi, October. So then, a few months ago, seven months ago, I just thought, bro, it's so long. Why yeah. are I going to wait for this guy until October? So give him a fight. Give him a fight to FC. And they say we have no 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 other fighters available to fight you. I say, yes, we have. We have a Strickland and all Canonia. They say we have other planes for you guys, not to to collide each other against. So I was waiting for for some fight, and then Blakovitz shows uh uh be uh they they suggest Blakovitz on on two or five. Uh, around May, I I say okay, let's do that. But uh, Bakovic was not training; he was on vacation. They so they uh, asked him, uh, Ankalaev. He 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 told the UFC he was not trained as well. He has no time because it was a short notes, like two weeks to fight. So after that. Uh, I I was in the limbo, you know, no fighters, no fights to do. But yeah, Dana White wants that fight since a long time ago. Why do you think he wants that fight so bad? I I think because a lot a lot of stuff is involved. I I think he he's right at some point. I was wanting want uh wanted to fight to to get some another fight before this, but I think he's right because. The chance to get some injury or some bad bad things happen, and I will not be able to fight in Shimaev October is a high percentage of chance of happen. So I think he's right, and because the hype of this fight, because we have a beef, uh, we doesn't like uh, each other, and uh, I think this is a good matchup for 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 the the audience. And and do you have any idea why he could only fight in Abu Dhabi? I, I hear something. Some people say some sheikhs are owner or have participation on. Uh, right. 
in some riots on UFC, so they need to demand big fights over there. Ah. Yes, this is true because they always bring good fights for October in Abu Dhabi. It's like a fight week of mm. Abu Dhabi. And uh, and they are bringing uh, these guys from the uh, Western because they are the same religion, I think. Okay. Um, when did you... Uh, did you sign to fight Hamza? Yeah, yeah, few more, few few weeks ago, like six weeks ago. So, it, like, I think it was last week he was talking about Leon Edwards and stuff like that. What did you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting because I want that fight so bad, a lot. I want a lot that fight. Dana wants a lot that fight. The audience wants that fight, but not Shimaev. <laughs> Shimaev doesn't want that fight. Uh, so he tried hard get another guys to fight. Uh, Leon Edwards, uh, Bilal Muhammad, Usman, he called all these guys desperate to, to, to fight him and only the guys on the on the division. But he's a kind of, of nuts because he was not fighting on on, on the uh, 170. He's he, he, he going to fight on 185. So he was trying to pull up some uh-huh. lighter guys to 185. You understand? Not and not fight a genuine when if I I think my thoughts. Uh, he was at the event in London this weekend, and he did some media. Uh, I saw he he said that like you're not real Brazilian. No one likes you. All this stuff. Did you see his I'm comments? I'm Mexican. <laughs> I'm Mexican. <laughs> did you see I'm his comments? Mexican. I saw. I saw. I saw. Yeah. yeah what did you think? He knows. He knows. It's crazy. He he don't say nothing. Relevant, nothing makes sense. <laughs> Crazy. You like this guy, or you like you? Do you think he's good for the sport? I love him. You love him. I, I know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, he, he's make me make money. He's he he's a good fighter. Uh, fighter, you know. At the end, at the end, at the end, very very deep on the bottom, he's a good fighter. And uh, yeah, let's go, let's go there, beat him on the, his. Fuck house. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Abu Dhabi. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> what, what What is the? Uh, can I ask? Like, what's like? Where did the issue with him all start? I know you had the thing at the apex, mm-hmm. the hat. Like, yeah. what, why was there an issue between you guys? How did that all start? Yes, uh, that that all started when was in his fight week. Mm-hmm. I was in Las Vegas because I operate. I, I have a surgery on my hand after Luke Hulk hold fight, and uh, I was there training because I I never stopped. So I was training even with my broke my my, my hand, uh, very uh, post surgery, and uh, I was training with Jake Shields because so sometimes we went to UFCPI, sometimes we went to Jake Shields uh, Academy gym facility, mm. and that day we went to UFCPI. And Jake Shields, remember, Jake Shields is so, you know, everybody knows, so uh, big uh, fellow of uh, Nate Diaz. And, uh, and she might have supposed to fight Nate Diaz on that, on that week. So we went, me, Jake Shields, Tamara, and Nicholas, uh, UFC fire, a small guy. And we went there, and uh, he was there training in the cage. But there is a big place, you know, so... We looked for an open mat, you know, a, a free mat. And we then to train. We started to train. And Sunday, at some part of train, 
I saw some guy in the cage look for, for a train. He was close of the door, just look for, for us. And uh, I I didn't uh, uh, see very well. So I have 2.5 2. 2, uh, 2. Uh, degrees on left and 2.2 on right. So uh, myopic, how you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Myopic. So I, I did, yeah, myopic. So I, I didn't see very well, but I, I figured, I, I, I suppose it was him. So after 10 minutes, look for us, and we finished the train while I was sit sitting in the, in the mat, and he still continued to look for me. So I get up and say, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, over there to ask him, if he's something, if he wants something, or I don't know. I just went there and uh, I say, hey, bro, uh, you want something? You want to say something? He say, Paulo, he was very kind. He say, Paulo, uh, you talk shit about me. You talk bad things about me. I, do, I, I want to, to know why you talk bad things about me. He, he, he say that. So I realized it was a good moment. So I say, look, bro, uh, I talk bad shit about you, but I have just one thing to want one thing to, to say to you. I want to fight you. I want to fight you. So he become be so nervous and uh, angry. He say, so let's fight now. I say, okay, let's fight now. I am here on the mat, jumping, open the the door is open. Come on. And uh, yeah, so then he started to shinga, uh, say uh, uh, talk shit about me, and the guys uh, hold him. Ah, okay. And is that when you got his hat? No, unfortunately, no. I I just uh, got his hat uh, two days after that when I went to podcast uh, Shimo podcast and. Uh, he left that the, the the hat, and I stole his hat. Then you came on my show, and I didn't yeah. realize you put the hat in your pants, and then you put me the hat, and I didn't. That was I thought that was a little bit mean that you did that, because then you put the hat. You told me to smell. No, the hat but like, no, I was underwear. I was using. Oh, uh, okay. Underwear. So because so, a lot of people, a, a lot of people since have told me that you were trying to get me, but now you're you're revealing no, that it was underwear. I never, I never, I never would do that. Okay, never okay, with okay. you. Thank but you. I, I was, I, I was, uh, when I put his head on the mic, my short, yeah, yeah. I was wearing uh, underwear. So you oh, good. safe. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, by the way, what's this shirt that you're wearing? Oh, this is, uh, some, uh, my, 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 my coach sent me, is uh, Elon Musk. Wow. Because we are, Elon Musk, and I'd like to be part of his preparation if he fights Mark Zuckerberg. Your 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 team Musk's is a lot of uh, MMA fighters. Izzy and Volkanovski. I see them training with uh, Zuckerberg. You're on Team Musk. Why Team Musk? Yeah, I'm Team Musk. Uh, definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't like I, I don't like uh, socialists. I, I prefer the the way the the money move the world. So. Yeah, everybody need to capitalize. Yeah, so I prefer Musk because they may make rockets. He does, yeah, and cool cars. Yeah. But he changed Twitter's name to X. A bit weird, no? And, oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, I don't know why, <laughs> but do like that? No, it's a little weird. I don't know. Yeah, I do be because he has SpaceX. Maybe something about marketing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, maybe. 
Mm. By the way, speaking of shirts, I, I know you, you're hot in here. Are you nervous? What's yeah. wrong? I wanna, no, 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 because Brazil, I, I put this. Oh, yeah, here we go. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's better, right? Better yeah. way to do it. For sure. 100%. You look Both. fantastic. I mean, look at that. Look at those. Wow. Both I feel like I'm looking in the mirror, if I'm being honest. You know? Oh, there it is. Uh, oh. Any any oh. update? I mean, it looks like it's taped on there. When, a little bit update. Yeah, yeah. This is a... You know, the, the bottle is getting bigger. Yeah. As the founder. Getting bigger each day. Day by day, bigger. So, yeah. This is just, bro. Uh, we delay with this. We had, you know, some issues. But we are solving this. Uh, to My plane is launched the secret juice before the fight. Oh. In stores. Yeah. In stores, yeah, for sure. For, for first of all, first we're gonna uh, uh, sell on website. Yes, and uh, this is a good moment for people who want to work with us. Some investors, uh, investors, you know, a lot yeah, of investors from New York, right? Y yes, yes, yes. A lot of rich people yeah, here. Yes, okay. So this is a good moment if you want to make millions on secret jewels. Invest on this. Gold juice, golden juice, you know, is the moment because we need to raise some money to spread out for all the while. Okay, all right. And uh, if yeah. an investor said he wanted to invest, but you had to tell him what was in the secret juice, would you would you tell him? Just just for just for investors who put more than five meters on that. Okay, all right. That's the uh, that's the fair next. enough. Yes, I think that's very fair. That's very fair. I also understand you have a new store, right? You have a new online store where you're selling uh, oh shirts. Oh my! Come on, bro! Yes. I have something special. You are you are my dear friend. I have some special. What you think about? I want to launch this web store right here on the biggest MMA show ever. Okay. With Ariel Hawani right now. What you think about this, yeah, Ariel? You're gonna do it right now. Right now. What do you mean? Exactly now, because this is not open until now. Wow. I went to lunch. Yeah. This is amazing. We just showed a picture amazing. of it. It's not live. You're going to make it of live course. right now on the show. Of course. If people can't do those. Breaking news, Paulo. Breaking news. Breaking news. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, okay. Yes. What are we doing? How, how are you going to make it live? Yes. Yeah, so if you guys can uh, put on the big screen. So yeah. Uh, after now, we'll be open to everyone. If the guys want to get some, like, uh, I'm going to show you. I have a, a special drop right now. And I have I have a lot of surprise today for you. Tell me. Honey. Tell me, tell me. Yeah. Look at this. Oh, Gourmet chain. Wow. You could buy that oh on the store. Oh, my God. I'm going to put this on. Put, put this, it on. And, and stand up if yeah. you can because it's a bit cut off. So I want to see the whole thing, the whole T-shirt. Wow, look at that. The whole T-shirt. I mean, that. oh, look at that. Wow, that is perfect. That is nice. That is nice. That's on the store right now? Yes, on the store right now. So uh, which is the website? Ariel has it. You have I, I do have it, but you yeah. tell me. You no, tell but me. But I need, I need to tell the people. Paulo Costa Official. Okay, it's right here. Paulo Costa, Paulo Costa Official dot com. Oh my god! Is the website live right now? I'm gonna look at it right now on this on on the on the show. Paulo Costa Official. We're showing it right now as well, Paulo. Oh my god! Look at this store. This is nice. This is very nice. 
I might have to get a shirt. I might have to get a shirt, Paulo. Of course, I have something very. I have two good news for you, Arya Holan, on okay. the website. It's a very nice. You're, you're selling hats too, Paulo. You're selling all kinds of things. That's true. That's true. And I have a special, special logo for you, motherfucker. What's that? <laughs> that's that. Ah! Right. Oh, I see it right now. I see it right now. That is amazing. MTFK. That is beautiful. I love that. Yes. Wow. Who so, designed all this? You and Tamara? Just you guys? Me, Tamara. But we have a, a team. You know, uh, Gregory uh, and uh, Ricky. Okay. These guys is uh, meme creators. And a lot, of course, I, I need to mention the Secret Juice Army is Miami meme who sent me all these stuff. Yes. Okay. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we're so showing the, all the shirts right now. Yeah. This is... Uh, People made for the people. Huh? For the people, by the people. Yes, for the people, by the people. <laughs> and yes. yeah, Tamar is amazing for me. You give you you gave me a punch in the face, but you are right. You you told me about the price. Yes, 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 yes. I know you Jewish. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm course. kind of Jewish as well. Yeah. Yes, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm so. We changed the price, especially because you mentioned it then. Okay. It's not more $55. Take a look at the price. I'm looking right now. Uh, I see $34 for the t-shirt. Yes? Very nice. That's affordable. Yeah. That's affordable. That's This is what I'm talking about. You're going to sell more now. Not too expensive. Yeah. T-shirt 30, yeah. uh, 34, hat 30. Uh, I see the Chen Chen t-shirt is 40 so it's a little that that one is forty because it's a special one, right? Special one, special one. I love. And look, look how you how you look. You look strong, a jacket. Uh, you look fit very well. You, you look know, fantastic. It's not, yeah, it's a it's a nice nice uh, fabric. Yeah. Okay. Material. Mm -hmm. So fits good. You can look good. Even you, Ariel. Even me. You think so? Even you. you yeah, for sure. I have. No doubt about it. Okay. No doubt. So, Ariel, you are my friend. Pick, pick on, on the website some shorts for you, like a two or three. Wow. For you, for free. For f Wow, my favorite word. Yes. And I'm going to send for you, maybe. Maybe, okay. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. For I sure. appreciate no. it. No. no, choose that. I'm going to show for you. That's you very kind. Guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna look and I'm gonna let you know. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Can, can, can I ask you? Just a second. Oh yeah. Somebody tried trying to destroy my house. What happened? They are repair, repairing my house. Oh. I'm gonna stop. No, it's okay. It's okay. We don't even hear it. Sorry we for don't that. even hear it. Um by the way, where did the gourmet chen chen come from? Where did you come up with that? Yeah. The name go major chain. Just a second, bro. Okay, no problem. Motherfucker, stop that shit. <laughs> I mean, when you're when you're Palo Costa, they're gonna do work on your house. He's got a gamer chair back there. Let's respect his privacy. Is that a uh That's a bed? No, is that is that like a projector or thingy? Yeah, it's a projector thing, and then a split AC unit and an Xbox. You see an Xbox where? Yeah, it's top to the left. left on that shelf. Interesting. 
Sorry, my brother. I, I need to beat that motherfucker there. Yeah, no problem, no problem. <laughs> uh, gourmet Chen Chen, what, what does that mean? Gourmet Chen Chen, you know, because the guy is not real. Uh, he told me I'm fake Brazilian, but he's fake Chen Chen. Okay. I know. He moved. He moved from his country. And he, he moved to Sweden. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's a gourmet Chen Chen. That's, that's why. He's not original to change. Okay, all right. What? Why is this fight forty <laughs> chess? You said it was going to be forty chess. Forty chess? Yeah, you you tweeted that it's going to be forty <laughs> chess. Yes, because that because that that negotiation that we going uh, through that I told you. Oh. Uh, the people talk uh, talk, uh, talk a lot shit like, uh, oh, uh, Paul going to fight this guy. Who is not very knowing, uh, uh, is not very popular, but I was playing chess ah. behind the scenes. Playing chess with Tamara Kiki, we did a great job. And uh, yes, bro, I, I think this is uh, a begin, a new begin of new great stuff. Uh, who, uh, what's gonna happen? So I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I renew my deal with UFC for good money. And uh, good fights, and I'm so glad for God for for it. I I I thank God for it, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm very excited to deliver my best. I'm on my prime right now. I'm I'm 32 years old, and uh, my prime is coming every single fight yet. So I I didn't reach my. I, I'm talking very 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 humble and honest point. For you, I'm. I didn't reach my my best yet. So, uh, I think, yeah. And after the fight, the, the, the win of this fight, we're gonna gonna fight for the for the belt. And uh, so, I'm very uh, motivated for this fight. Mm. First, because a great fight uh, for everybody who want to see me. The 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 wild Paulo Costa back, the aggressive guy fight back, and. Uh, and uh, uh, the second, the second reason is for the money. The third me- uh, reason is because after that, who won gonna gonna be the next for the title shot? What they say was that. Isn't it a bit of a shame though? Like you're in your prime and you haven't fought since August of last year. Like we miss you out there. It's been so long. So long, so long. Yeah, but because all these issues that I told you before, yeah, yeah, yeah. they renegotiate when. when when you reach the last fight of your contract, is is a is a sensitive moment, mm. you know. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, as I told you before, in January they want to hold me to fight Chechen in October. So, anyway, like Chimaev, he's waiting for a long time. Yeah. Um, by the way, I uh, I saw that you uh, posted something yesterday. I got worried you were wearing like an oxygen mask, and I thought that you were not going to mm-hmm. come on the show and all this stuff. Uh, you uh, you scared me a little bit, but mm-hmm. you said all is good. You were kind of mocking, and you also posted another one with the haram on it. Like you're really trying mm-hmm. to like uh, you're trying to get under his skin. It seems like you're really try- you, you enjoy that. I, I think you enjoy trying to like annoy him. Is that accurate? Yes, I just do for fun because I I got a lot of fun doing that. Funny doing that, uh, I this entertain me myself, and I I love this. I do it because I love this, and I have a reason to do that, <laughs> you know. So 
and uh, it's good to promote the fight as well. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of the biggest fights, I think, of the back end of the year, and I think a lot of people are very excited about it because of the way in which both of you promote and the heat between you guys, the the press conference, the stare down, all that. Oh. It's going to be very intense, huh? Oh, yes. I think everything about this fight going to be going to be very intense. Yes. Even now, before, so, so long before the fight is so intense, and uh, yeah, and uh, the press conference was gonna be crazy. The fight, I think, gonna be crazy as well. I think he's gonna be so aggressive. Uh, he gonna jump on the legs and try put me down, put me uh, on, on wrestler, you know. On the yeah, I think I think he gonna everything about this fight is amazing. It's why, a great great guy. Why are you so confident going into the fight? No one wants to fight this guy. He's looked unbeatable. Why are you so confident? Mm. Uh, just because I, I, I know my my skills. I I know what I do every single day inside the, the facility, inside the gym, in the training. And uh, once you put, once we put uh, the four arms gloves on the hand uh, and step in the cage, I, I can. I can definitely win that fight against everyone. So I have this very clear in my mind, but I need to work hard my ass, you know, to keep improving and keeping the shape. Mm. So could you just help me on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, what is your take on the middleweight division right now? There was all the drama with DDP and Izzy, and now no Drickus Duplessis and maybe Sean Strickland. Is there a chance that you guys fight and you pass one of these guys? Like... DDP not fighting in September, maybe, you know, you can win and pass him. What do you, what do you make of what's going on at the top over there? I think do all this, the situation on middleweight, middleweight uh, uh, division and do all this hype above this fight against me, against Shimaev. Yeah. Uh, then the next line is going to be the winner. Hmm. Are you happy that Izzy is the champion again? Yes, I have something to 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. This time yeah. though, you go back to Abu Dhabi. Try not to drink before the fight, you know. Oh, yes. 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 Well, you could drink, yeah. drink the juice but not the alcohol. Yes, yes. No more alcohol. I'm a holy holy man. I, I will not even talk about bad bad, you know, shit about go major change. I'm a changing man. Oh, okay. I told you. Yeah, I'm changing, man. I not alcohol, just one wife, and uh, yeah, all, all the stuff that. Well, they're, girlfriend, they're good man. Girlfriend, you don't yeah, know, not yeah. wife yet. Yeah, future, 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 yeah. fiance, yeah. then wife, and everything. Yeah. Uh, so it seems yeah. like it all worked out. There was a little bit of drama, but you have the new contract, you have the fight, you have the store, you have everything uh, nice, everything. everything. You have the OnlyFans, you have the YouTube channel. It's all come together for you. Everything very well now. Very, very, no, no problem. No problem at all. My weight, I am almost in the weight. You know, uh, when I, when I, uh, normally when I get the weight, when I got the weight, I was like a two, three weeks for the fight. Now we have 12, right. almost 12 weeks for the fight. I'm in the weight right now. Wow. And uh, we're going to. That's amazing. I said, no, I said, wow. I said, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, wow. So uh, you're 185 right uh, now. You're close to 185 right now. No, no, no. not even though. Yeah, but okay. like, uh, yeah, uh, two, 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 thirteen, two, ten. Okay. okay, easy. Easy. And you easy. don't have to deal with the altitude in Salt Lake City. Who wants to deal with that, right? You get exhausted. Bro, was a bad. No, you know, I don't know why. Why UFC is is the main UFC there, bro? Nobody can 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 perform very well, you know, at hundred percent. It's like a Mexican altitude. I know, I don't know. I I don't feel very good. I I feel a little different. Okay, so it's all worked out. Well, this has been wonderful, Paulo. Uh, thank you very much for coming yeah. on. Yeah, see you, You know, I will be with my friends from uh, Abu Dhabi. They love you I there. I wanna bring up. Yes. I, I love they, them too, and uh, we're gonna bring everyone, every my every, every single person of my team, my you know my circle, a uh, couple weeks ago. So make sure before couple 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 weeks before the fight to make sure everything gonna gonna happen, clean, beautiful, yeah. And what's the official prediction? How how do you beat Hamza Chimaev on October twenty first? You know. Uh, this fight is for three rounds of three fucking uh, quickly rounds of five minutes. So I think this fight will be crazy and gonna f end at first round. First round, really? I think so. I think so, Bill. Knockout or submission? Knockout. Wow. No, you know I I will not try to submit him. I'm black belt, but I will not try to submit him. You know, uh, I I don't think he's gonna try to submit me submit me uh, as well. So explosive guy, so full of energy. Yeah, I prefer knockout. If you knock him out, there'll be no denying. You'll be next. No, I mean no question, right? A hundred percent. You are next. You knock out Hamzat in the first round, they'll make a title fight that night for you. Do you think so? I think so. Hundred percent. Thank you. I think so, so too. Uh, the uh, the website is paulocostaofficial.com. Go check it out. Check out the OnlyFans. Thank Can we sign up already for the OnlyFans? Is it is it uh, is it ready to go, the OnlyFans? Yeah, and it's free. It's ready. Uh, Tamay told me, it's ready to go. So, guys, please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, also share me, and OnlyFans. And OnlyFans is free now. So, oh, it's you free. can guys take a look. Yeah, it's free. Okay. That's amazing. You get all kinds of yeah, training, love, footage, sexy stuff, all free. People. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, so guys, take a look over there. Take a look over there. You guys gonna go if you guys uh, like that what you guys gonna watch that. Uh think about to, to subscribe and uh yes, uh, uh stay tuned guys because we launch we launch right here on the Ariel Mime Hour show. Right, uh, and the, the Paulo Costa official store, and some special drops like this gonna be uh, available. So stay tuned, Dad, and uh, that's it. And uh, yeah, I go, I I want I'm I gonna uh, invite the former Brazilian president to be there. I invite all my friends to be there because we need to celebrate that fight after fight after uh, that fight and. Uh, Maybe I haven't been, I haven't seen Trump, Donald Trump in mm -hmm. all the events. So I'd like to 
invite him if he be around okay. uh, Saudi Arabia. Sure. Maybe then I can invite. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it, bro. Thank you for having me here. Always a great pleasure. Yes. I can't wait to be there in the studio with you. Anytime, my friend. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. All the best. Good luck with the store and everything that you're doing. And uh, good luck in training for the fight. Can't wait for it, Paulo. Thank you so much. Thank you. I will bring my best for this fight. I'm almost ready right now. So, yeah, just keep, you know, the, the, the good the good form, the, the good shape, the good uh, performance. And, guys, stay tuned. I will be there ready 100%, okay? Incredible. Thank you, Paulo. Thank you, Tamara. All the best to you guys. Obrigado. There they are, Paulo Costa and uh, Tamara. What a, what a time to be alive. Go check out the website. I mean, it's nice stuff. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Uh, luckily for us, we have a, uh, a merch aficionado on the team your thoughts gc on the merch store oh yeah great stuff great i mean stuff. really high quality right what, yeah. what what are we eyeing right now i mean for the uh the gourmet chin chin hat is great yeah it's got a it's got a cupcake on it what else uh the mtfk shirt is not bad oh, i was gonna say i mean it feels like he made that for you it yeah feels like we all need to get one of those also the palo costa cursive what are you eating back there what's going on listen my poor man. guy this is when microwave, you there was like a the old lunch. There was like a there was like a two and a half hour stretch where there was no chance you were gonna get called upon. Uh listen, man, I mean getting called upon isn't the only thing I do back here. I mean there's there's a couple other things. True. No, I don't mean that, but I mean on air, you know. Right, um, right. Wow. Uh yeah, this was this was the first break I got. A couple noodles. Nothing too crazy. Cup o noodles? No, couple noodles. Just a couple. Um, just couple just noodles. Two. I mean, the Secret Juice shirt is an absolute classic. I need one of those in my life. Uh, the Paulo Costa really, Cursive is nice. Oh, yeah. The Paulo Costa Cursive is great. Uh, the original Gangster one. I don't see that. Where's By that? By the way, Ariel. Yeah. I see it. Pretty sure Paulo said one life. And you were like, oh, but she's not even your fiance yet. It's like, no, you said. No, he said one wife. wife. Oh, okay. Uh, you're getting a little too big for your britches mm. over there. He a th- th- this one, he a thousand percent. He said, you I said got everything. drinking alcohol. He's like, well, you have one life. No, you're wrong okay. about that. You are oh, so I, wrong I admit about it could that. be wrong. No, he's talking about Can't everything. Did you hear this uh, or are you getting the noodles, you see? I don't know. I was mm. microwaving the noodles. You know, no, he a thousand percent said one. Now, wait, now you're, you're getting a little too comfortable correcting hey, me on air after wrong. every interview. Jeez. He a thousand percent said one wife because he said everything's in place. 
I got my contract. I got my wife. I got my this. I got my that. All right. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think the Secret Juice, the MTFK shirt. He's got the Secret Juice Army. Yeah, Secret Juice is the classic. Secret uh, Juice hoodie. The picture of just the bottle of Secret Juice on the beach with his <laughs> autograph on the sleeve is pretty ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some great stuff here. The, the actual, like, more serious stuff, like the Paulo Costa hoodie with just the signature on it, that's pretty nice, too. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. Not going to lie. A lot of good stuff on here. The secret juice, though, the fact that he's he's got the women's tee, he's got the tank, the gym tank, he's got the hoodie, he's got the t-shirt, plus the website design, it's pretty easy, you know. What a guy. What a fight. Yeah. Who's the favorite oh, right now? Did I ask you this already? Gracious. Uh, yes. Hamzat is the favorite right now. Maybe minus 300, I think. Wow. That is going to be nuts. Um, all right. Great stuff there. Let's go back to the questions. We got to chip away at these. Uh, here's a bay. Hello, Ariel and crew. Since we all agree that there's a chance Jones and Stipe both retire after they fight, I don't necessarily agree. I agree Stipe might, but Jones, mm, I think he might stick around. Shouldn't Tom Aspinall, a.k.a. Paul, not funny, just sit tight and see how that plays out first? No. If they both retire, they'll almost certainly make Aspinall versus Pavlovich for the vacant belt. If John wants to take his time, same fight gets made for the interim belt. Yada, yada, yada. Also, while we're considered 135 and 155, the best division in the UFC, rightly so, but I'd like to put forward a claim that the current heavyweight top 10, Jones, Stipe, Pavlovich, Gan, Aspinall, Blades, Ty, Spivak, Volkov, Jalton, Tybura are better, more well-rounded than the top 10 in any other division. Listen, it's come a long way, but it's not better than any other division. Uh, definitely come a long way and definitely better than 205, which it's often compared to. But better than 135 and 155? Mm-hmm. Not so. Jones is like the rising tide that lifts all boats. Uh, but no, it's it's in a great spot. Imagine if it had Francis. Uh, each fighter can finish fights with their striking, high-level grappling, submission threats. Also would love to hear GC and Rick on this one. Uh, no. It, 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 I want to see Tom fight one more time. I think that would make a lot of sense. One more big fight. Uh, whether it's against Pavlovich, whether it's against Gan, Spivak, by the way, whether it's against Blades, but, you know, Blades has to get by Almeida and then, you know, that would be November. So the timing wouldn't work out as well. I've said my piece, Aspinall, Pavlovich, make it out. By the way, if we're making DDP versus Whitaker, if we're making Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen, we could sure as hell make Aspinall versus Pavlovich, okay? I mean, let's not pretend there hasn't been some wacky matchmaking. Uh, Stefan. Shalom, Mario. A few quick hitters this week. Is Paulo Costa still on the last fight of his contract? No, uh, as we just found out. He seems to be getting the Nathan treatment. No. Uh, when do you expect an announcement regarding MVP's next move? I think it will take some time. There's some interest from a lot of different people. So, yeah, I think he's he's playing the field. And he, he was announced on the broadcast, as I, as I predicted, but uh, he was never in play to get signed before Saturday. So this is fun. Let him play the field. Uh, to me, there's UFC, there's there's uh, PFL, and then there's obviously the uh, the boxer slash influencer route. Let's see what happens. True or false? PFL ends up on DAZN after this year, maybe in some capacity, but I do think they want a linear TV deal. So I'll say false in that regard. I think they want a linear TV component in addition to a potential streaming component as well. But I think being on linear TV, what I mean by that is like ESPN channel, TNT, an actual channel as opposed to just streaming, I think is very important for them. 
They have a deal with DAZN for PFL Europe. Uh, DAZN actually owns a piece of that, but I think that they want a linear component. Uh, if I put the over-under for Ngannou's purse for the Fury fight at 37.5 million, what would you take? Wait, you're asking if Ngannou's purse is 37.5 million? Uh, I mean, is that before all the pay-per-view stuff and whatnot? I, I don't think he's getting 37.5 million to show. So I guess under, but if it, I don't know how the pay-per-view structure is, but I don't think the actual purse is 37.5 million. Uh, David, Ariel, with Apple now in the MLS business, do you foresee Apple going into the MMA business in the near future? TBD, uh, I know, you know, obviously Amazon is in the MMA business with one, and I think Apple is going to get more and more involved in the sports business, live sports business, uh, especially with, um, you know, the baseball deal and then the MLS deal. I haven't heard anything about MMA, and there's only so many MMA properties right now, but I wouldn't be surprised in some way, shape, or form, or even boxing. By the way, can I just say something? I'm so, I'm so obsessed. Obsessed might be strong, but like enamored with the whole MLS, messy Apple thing. Like yesterday, I was at a friend's house, my kids' friend's parents' house, um, and like we were eating dinner, and and my kids were like, "Oh, it's seven thirty. We have to go watch Messi." And they watched the entire game. Sorry about the loss, GC Atlanta United. But like they couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough. We're sitting there. And I was sitting there on Friday. And I'm at a restaurant in Boston watching on Apple Inter-Miami play Cruz Azul from Mexico. And then yesterday, Atlanta United in the League's Cup, which is actually a pretty good idea. And it's the idea that I think the NBA should have adopted for their upcoming in-season tournament with like a European league. But that's neither here nor there. This has been such a success so far, two games in. And obviously, he's playing incredibly well. He scored three goals. They're, they're 2-0 and since he started with them. And you can see even on his Instagram stories, like he's putting a link. He's, he's getting a cut of the, the Apple subscriptions. Adidas is involved. This, it is so funny to me, people who are trying to diminish this. This is one of the most interesting fascinating biggest sports stories of the last decade plus and the fact that it's beckham involved and mls involved and soccer involved in this very important period for soccer in this country football in this country uh is just so fascinating to watch and you're seeing these celebrities at these games um on on did you go to friday did i go to i went to a red bulls game but not not messy oh i thought you were there when he scored oh fuck you know what frank you're in timeout, all right? Can someone mute Frank's mic? What you're referring to is the fact that GC's good friend, remind me his name? Tito. Tito. Guy, Tito Banan. He was at the game, had a great angle. I repo- First, I just retweeted his, his angle of the goal on Friday. Then I reposted it saying, I'm so happy I watched this live in that I was watching it on my fucking phone like all of you. And some of you took that as I was at the game. I can understand that, but if I would have... Been at the game, I would have said, I'm so happy that I was there in attendance to watch this live. Major difference. And so that's what Frank is referring to. I I see what people are saying. Why would I need that? Why would I need that clout? You you post a video from the stands as a fan, and it's just like... uh, 
Okay, uh, so I'm sorry so that I got him all these extra followers and views. I'm sorry that Men in Blazers reposted it. Sports Illustrated. I'm I'm sorry that I like. Even my brother sent it to me. Like, yeah, well, I have really no cool, issue man. with what you did, but I understand the confusion. I, I see the. Does anyone actually think that I was trying to pretend no. like I no. was there? I don't <laughs> think you were trying to. I think it was just the word selection. Okay, I was, I, I was hyped. I was hyped. All right, I, I was told excited my wife about this, and she was like, "And then they're all after his head now, saying that he misrepresented." I'm like, you just jumped to a conclusion that hopefully, and we that's don't a go thousand to. percent accurate. Yeah. I was excited. And you know, it's a great story. You have to admit, this is a lot of fun. The fact that he went out last night and scored two goals in, like, what was it, 25 minutes it took him to, to get the first two? It was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, a- anything that Inter-Miami posts about him just gets skyrocketed. It's just right on a rocket ship. The it, engagement's insane. It's so it's so uh, interesting, to like, the the discourse around it. Because instead of just enjoying it, it's like, oh, he's playing scrubs, or oh, these are exhibition games, or oh, uh, you know, the fans are leaving early. Like, can we just enjoy it? The fans were leaving early when they were up 4 nothing. Yes. I think that's all right. In the 78th minute. Like, it's like the game has been decided. I am interested to see what it's going to be like once they're back to the regular season because they're not officially out of the playoffs. I know they're in last. Yeah. It's not officially out. But they're in this League's Cup thing. So imagine, yeah. th- and that's like clean slate. So imagine they just win that. Then it's win kind the of... League's Cup. Yeah. And then they win out the rest oh my of the God. MLS It would be season. crazy. And they make the playoffs. And then they win the MLS Cup. I don't know about that. It might not be enough Messi's time for all of that. greatest achievement? Not his greatest achievement, obviously. You but, don't think so? But I will say, like, people just shitting on MLS. Okay, none of us are soccer experts. I can guarantee you this. The competition in MLS is better than the competition in Saudi Arabia. Right? Am I right about that? I have no clue. Yes. I feel confident in saying that. And even Ronaldo's team didn't finish in first. And I think they were in a much better spot when he signed with them. Al Nassar. Um, the point is, the competition is... It's not like he's... Like, I made I made the, uh, the comparison that this would be akin to Michael Jordan, 1999. So a little bit towards the end of the career... He had already won the six championships, going to sign with the last place French team in 1999. Uh, A lot of dense people replied, well, he did that. He went and signed with the Wizards. No, the Wizards are a bad team in the best league in the world. I'm talking about the last place team on one of the worst leagues in the world because I have no problem saying like MLS is one of the worst leagues in the world. It's, It's nowhere near, well, I mean... I don't know about worse leagues. There's, there's certainly a lot of countries out there that are nowhere near MLS. But what I mean is it's, it's nowhere near England, France, Spain, Germany, those countries, right? Um, Italy, obviously. So this would be – and they're the last place team. I still feel like that's better than whatever, you know, whatever the competition is, at least as of when he signed. I know it's gone better, Ronaldo, with Saudi Arabia. Um, that being said – like on, on on Friday, he played a Mexican team. I know it was one of the worst Mexican teams as well, but he still has to go out there and perform. And we've seen a lot of guys just go take the money and die off. He's going and thriving in the first two games. It's fascinating to to watch. And and one of the great moves that they did was bring in his old manager, bring in his old teammate Busquets, and you could just see the familiarity there. And he's making everyone better. Imagine being a 20-year-old kid in that locker room Two weeks ago, you were just on a last place Miami team playing in Fort Lauderdale, and all of a sudden you're like hugging Messi after he scores two goals. What the hell? 
It's amazing. This is great stuff. I can't get enough. Anyway, I just had to get off my chest because uh, I'm enjoying it. Daryl, hello, Ariel and team. I'm so glad to see that Chael's coming back to the pay-per-view this weekend. Yes, he is back. His legal troubles are officially over, and uh, that means he's back in the mix on ESPN. Congrats to him. I'm a big fan. I know he isn't perfect, but he doesn't claim to be. The whole 16-month mess was ridiculous, and the fact that he couldn't speak to defend himself and had to take a back seat was ridiculous. Hot Mike to you as a friend of Chael. How special is it that he's getting to return to do jobs he never should have had to stop doing? I mean... I don't know if I could say that. I really don't know what happened. Um, so obviously I, I was, you know, supportive of someone who I like very much and consider a friend as crazy as he may be sometime. And I, I hated to see that uh, he was going through all of that, but I wasn't there. So I don't know what truly happened. I do think ESPN deserves a lot of credit for this. Uh, I know that the the man in charge at ESPN on the MMA side of things who I used to work for, Glenn Jacobs, is a huge fan and supporter of Chael's. And I think in a lot of other circumstances, they just would have said goodbye. And they didn't. And they waited to see how it all played out. And now he's being welcomed back. And uh, I think a lot of other places could, could you know, learn from that. And so I think that's pretty cool. Um, and I, I love to see that. So good for him. And I'm happy that he's back in the mix. And we get to hear from him on those uh, on those broad broadcasts. They've been very supportive of him quietly, and uh, that's pretty unique in the TV business. So, awesome. Uh, Homer the Prophet. Mediocre moderator Lewis is bad at his job. He must be picking his nose because he sure does not pick the good questions. Shout out all my homies in here asking real questions about the game as well as the dorks that want to tell Ariel what they bought at the supermarket this morning. With that said... Has there ever been more of a people's main event in UFC history than Bobby Green versus Tony Ferguson? Also, if Justin wins, do you anticipate the trilogy down the road? Or is this the last time we see Justin versus Dustin? This is the question after that rant at the top, and Moderator Lewis has included a response. I would like Ariel to know I purchased some milk and tea bags recently. Not this morning, but close enough. Well done, Moderator Lewis. Um, Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green is not the greatest people's main event of all time. That is absurd. Solid fight. But no, no way. What are you talking about? Um, I mean, Costa versus Shemaev is a, is a bigger fight with bigger stakes attached to it. Remember, we started the People's Main Event Movement, and it started with Connor's debut against Diego Brandau. Uh, and there's been a million other, maybe not a million, thousand, maybe not a thousand, a hundred. Anyways, no to that. Solid fight, fun fight. It will be fun. But there's like a... There's like a like a like a, like an element of you know I need to look at this you know through my my fingers because you know Ferguson is in a tough spot so I don't even know if I'm looking forward to it to be honest because it's a little bit uncomfortable anyway Justin Dustin three sure why not who would say no Lewis uh, what's occurring Ariel. Never heard that before. Curious to know your thoughts and who's the greatest UFC lightweight to never hold the undisputed title. For me, it's between two men that compete on Saturday's 291 card, Poirier and Ferguson. Personally, I think El Diamante edges it. Would you agree? Any other names come to mind? Much love from Southampton, England. And a huge shout out, if possible, to my dad, Kevin, who got me into MMA and the MMA Hour as the necessary companion for the sport. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Um, some names that come to mind, Nathan Diaz, Donald Cerrone, Justin Gaethje, Gilbert Melendez. 
Justin Poirier, Clay Guida. That's a tough one. I know that the Ferguson story was a long saga and horrendous luck attached to that. And your heart breaks for him because he was so close. And you just like think back to him tripping over the court and everything that happened and how loyal and how dependable he was for the UFC, especially early days of the pandemic. He shows up and he fights interim title and he's supposed to fight Habib and all the drama there. But I feel like skill for skill, I got to go with Dustin as of right now. What do you think of that in your Rick? Best to never hold the belt at 155. 155. Diaz, Cerrone, Gaethje, Melendez. Are we counting interim? No. Undisputed. Maybe Poirier? Yeah. I can't think of I can't think of somebody with a better resume than Poirier at 55. Yeah, the, I mean the, the answer for the answer for the longest time was always Kenny Florian, right? But that mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of come and gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Poirier's yeah. a good choice. It's it's got to be Poirier if we're if we're not counting interim. Uh, I agree. Gabriel, Buenos tardes, Ariel. First off, thank you to you and the crew for always getting me through the long work road trips. Appreciate it. That's very kind. I always look forward to listening to the show. I apologize if I didn't catch it. But what are your thoughts on the controversial George Cambosis versus, uh, well, he wrote Matt Hughes. I think he means Maxi Hughes. Decision. Once again, it seems like the judging is the talk of the town. Is there ever a world where boxing and MMA can come together to solve this issue once and for all? My understanding is that they both deal with the same athletic commissions. A fan in Bakersfield, California, Gabriel S. I was watching this uh, in my bed when I was in Boston. So I wasn't really scoring it. There was one of the scorecards was like once, I think it was like 117 to 111 or something crazy like that. Not great. And it's unfortunate boxing's having such a great year and great week. I mean, two pound for pound fights and three out of the top five competing in the span of five days. It's unfortunate that this stuff happens and it will always happen and will continue to happen. I just think it's a nature of, uh, you know, a sport being judged by human beings. And, uh, you know, this will never happen in the traditional stick and ball sports because there's no judges involved. But anything that has judges involved, whether it's MMA, boxing, figure skating, gymnastics, diving, swim, you know, like there's always going to be controversy. There just is. When there's not a clear cut way to determine a winner. Um, can they tweak things? I will say the 10-point must system is much better suited for boxing than it is for MMA. Uh, yes, they are both dealing with the same athletic commissions. The majority of them tend to be better versed in boxing than MMA. Obviously, the Nevadas and the Californias of the world are up to speed on both, but the traditional old-school ones tend to be more boxing-friendly than MMA-friendly. I don't see much changing. I would love to see open scoring. I've talked about this ad nauseum. I feel like at least there's some, you know, transparency there. But um, yeah, controversy and judging in boxing and MMA, it's just going to be a thing, unfortunately. Crystal, hey, Ariel, uh, avid listener and fellow Canadian here. 
Burlington, Ontario. Shout out. Two quick ones for you. Do you think we'll ever see Nick Diaz return to the UFC to fight again after his fight with Robbie Lawler? Every now and then articles will pop up with him saying he's looking to return. Just curious if you think he actually will. Would you like to see him back again? No and no. Um, would I like to see him maybe against uh, George St. Pierre? Fight past Invitational? Sure. Fight after that performance, given his age, given the, you know, the, 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 the miles on the, the tires? No. And I don't think he will. Maybe I'm wrong, and if he does, I feel like it will be for the wrong reason, so I'll say no and no. Thoughts on Rose's return in September and the move to flyweight, as it's been a while since we've seen her. Yeah, I've uh, I've tried to get Rose on. I've reached out a few times. Not quite ready. Happy that she's back. Uh, I know that it was left a little bit open whether she would come back. Curious to see her at 125. Golly, she's stepping in there against an absolute killer. Um, I wouldn't have been against the idea of her going to 125 and fighting someone, you know, in the top 20 to 15 range just to get her feet wet, back in there, get her confidence back after the the disappointing performance against Carla, but that's just not her style. So fascinating fight, tough fight. Uh, I had heard that the, um, the weight cuts were getting draining, and uh, I've seen some photos of her currently, and she's buff. Like, she has added a lot of muscle. So let's see. She is not the, uh, you know, the skinny young Rose that we met so many years ago. So really interesting fight, and 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 kudos to her for jumping in there against someone like Mano Fioro. Um, so I'm happy that she's back and that she's found that love for the sport again. And let's see. Thanks as always for your insight. Something I always look forward to on the Wednesday episodes. Thank you, Crystal, Kobe. What's the crack, Hilwani? Got a question for the boys today. So take this opportunity to answer some texts or take a bathroom break. These are my favorite. Firstly, Frank, what's the update on the blog we've been waiting patiently for? Don't think I can take it any longer. Believe uh, this was being referred to as through the lens, Frank. Yeah. What's up? You just all talk or what? I got sidetracked with another project at the studio. Mm, no, that's look at you. Up. You're so busy. Yeah. Wait, you can't multitask? You can only do one uh, one project at a time? TST is doing like eight things, but still gives us uh, Substack updates. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> now, now that that's wrapped up, uh, we can we can start on the blog, though? Yeah. So what? I mean, I'm waiting for it. So when are we getting it? First quarter 2024. <laughs> what? First quarter 2024? That's in freaking six months from now, bro. You asked. You've let us down again. You know, when I die, oh, if, if they can use this, can they ask uh, Frank to lay me down just so that he can let me down one last time? I haven't heard that one before. GC, first off, Tough Hang has really started to hit a groove. How about that? Better late than never. <laughs> Especially last week. So kudos on that. My question is, when can we expect a video version of No Bets Barred seeing as you have a setup from home already? Great question. Funny that he asked that. I was just talking with Jed. The uh, the key would be someone that can edit the video. Mm. That's all we need. But I feel like we're missing out not having a video component yeah. of it, especially if we're going to be video chatting while we do it. Plus, yeah. we also have these fantastic studios here that I used this morning. It makes me look like a, like a real deal YouTuber. Really? I'm in it. I mean, I mean, like uh, this camera is HD. The one in the other studios might might be even more HD. Mm. Might be 4K. 
All right, so why don't you do it? Uh, are you gonna edit it? You can edit. The you can edit video. You can edit video. Yeah, no commitments made right right now. Currently on the air. All right. Um, lastly, for Rick, this is less of a question and more of a request. I think we'd all love a bit of a throwback. Any chance of a post two ninety one Rick's picks? Make it happen. Ariel, the OGs miss it. Thanks as always, fellas. What do you think of that? Rick's picks. I mean, a lot of these newbies, Rick, don't even know what we're talking about here. Yeah. I, I feel like that one's I feel like that one's buried. I don't I don't think we need to even dig it back up. Now now when he says Rick's picks, is he talking about the picks or is he talking about like your your stroll through social media? I think he's probably talking about that one. Yeah, um, but I think bothered. both are both both and yeah, both are dead and buried. Rick's picks are a lot of fun. You could tell them in a bunch. Mike Heck, I mean, just what was it again? Just, uh, was it Rick's picks are a lot that, of fun? Yeah, some something to that effect. But yes, because his, his hair is in a bun. Yes. Oh my god! Somebody has it. Somebody has it. I mean, I'm sure whoever's Mike running Heck the board actually, right now can play it. Uh, Mike Heck confided in me. Oh, uh, that he didn't write it. No, that Rick's Picks is is one of his favorite works he's ever done, and he's oh, very man. disappointed. It doesn't get used anymore. Oh, my Was it term that Rick just used, dead and buried? Yeah, is that what buried. it was? Dead and buried was... Uh, no, no, no. The it, segment. Yeah. I would never disrespect the song. The, yeah. And uh, the song... I, mean, I, I feel like way. we could loop in the song every once in a while. Yeah. There's a story on the song. So Mike Heck, this is... I don't think you know this story. Like, maybe he, he talked about this, but Mike didn't work at the site um, at the time that he came up with this. And yeah. then... He put the song out and we had a few people purchase it and he donated the proceeds to charity. It all oh, went to a good cause. Wow. It was really great. purchased yeah. it. Like what would he put it on iTunes or something? Yeah. Throwback. Yeah. 99 cents. I don't, I don't remember. I'm sure it was something like that, but yeah, a few, a Amazing. few really hardcore fans bought it and it went to a good cause. So shout out, shout out to Mike, one of the true mentions in the game. Um, but that. yeah, it is a good song. It is a good song. And an animation with the, with yeah. the um, great opening oh, and closing. Yeah, um, it, was, it was tremendous. Yeah, the garage was beep, beep. It was very New York City, right? Very New York. I loved it. But uh, the segment itself, yeah, I feel like, you know, this, this is a run bit, its course. It's run its course. It's better when we're just doing a, a weave and everybody's jumping in there. It's It's a little bit too singularly driven, right? Just going through the moments. We can just talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, going to our uh, previous question, good one from Casey here in the chat. Jim Miller, best to never win a belt at 155. Not bad. I think I'd, I'd put, uh, no, Dustin. I think his thing was best to never even fight for a belt. Right. Cause oh, I don't never think to he's fight in the, the convo. Right. I don't think he's in the convo for best to never win, unfortunately, but I do think he's in the convo for best to never even like get the opportunity. I mean, hard to, hard to argue against, uh, Tony Ferguson. Never got a. Never yeah, got a title I shot. Guess, yeah, yeah, interim. If, if the interim doesn't, doesn't count, count, then yeah, no. he never even got one. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Which is just... That's rough. Yeah, horrible. That's crazy. Um, Here's our old friend Jason. Hello, Ariel. My question this week is actually for GC. As he went to... Uh, and he went and did the, uh, the Barbenheimer on Sunday. What was his thoughts on both films in a more thorough breakdown? Oh, yeah. What was his game plan with the snacks slash how long was the gap between seeing films? Lastly, I saw he bought a Barbenheimer shirt. How many more wears will it get? Thanks for the great content as always. Go Bills. All right. 
Let us know. Uh, I mean, let's start first and foremost. The shirt uh, went through the wash yesterday. Disintegrated. Up. <laughs> no, it didn't disintegrate. I was thinking. I was like, man, when am I ever going to wear this thing again? Uh, was just a little bit too caught up in everything. Uh, and unfortunately, I never thought I'd have to make this admission, uh, especially not on the air. I did a back-to-back days thing, right? Wow. Back-to-back showing thing. What's worse, uh, this or me claiming that I was at the uh, the Messi game? Oh, you by far. No. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you didn't even... I I, mean, the, yeah. Poor Jason thought you did the back-to-back. Yeah, he thought I did, but I never said that I did. Wow. I mean, I just did the bomb emoji and the and the ribbon <laughs> emoji. I mean, there was no descriptor of like... Do uh, you think that it was almost implied? Uh, Certainly. I got the shirt, but, you know... Unfortunately, I had not unfortunately. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. My uh, my friends got married this weekend, so I had to be at the wedding. That kind of foiled my. That kind of foiled my back to back plans. Uh, into the movies themselves, though. Oppenheimer loved it. Rick can actually speak on it as well. He he saw it too. I also like a lot of Christopher Nolan's movies: The Prestige, uh, Interstellar, Inception, uh, The Dark Knight trilogy. I'm. I'm I'm a fan of Christopher Nolan. I thought this was a nice bounce back from Tenet. Uh, does a good job of like telling Oppenheimer's life story while like not painting him out as a hero and like uh, a lot of things that I didn't know about it that I learned uh, about that that era. I mean, it's a it's just an insane thing that that all of that actually happened. Uh, and then Barbie is. More serious than I was expecting, but obviously nowhere near as serious as uh, as Oppenheimer. Barbie, a lot of funny parts. Gosling absolutely kills it. Uh, Robert Downey and Oppenheimer also kills it. That could be a nice race for uh, Best Supporting Actor this year. Uh, yeah, they were both good. Liked Oppenheimer better, but Barbie was also solid. Do you think your opinion would have been different if you had saw Barbie first? No, you've asked me this like three times now. I've asked you once. <laughs> the answer is the same. No. Right. You think it, you do you think it would be different? Yeah. Barbie was good. But I I guess I didn't know what I was expecting out of it. And and for the record, don't take kids. Right. I just think there's See, a lot of PG I, I just think there's a lot of stuff that your kids wouldn't really understand. Could be an awkward. That's drive okay. Home. Not understanding is different than like eh, exposing them to something. Balls and, and yeah, genitalia jokes and. I might just I might just play one of those six, like six years old at 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 the Barbie movie. Like it f- felt like it would have been a little early, a little early. Plus, like a lot of the movie is is stuff that they wouldn't understand. Like they get into they get pretty deep on. Uh, concepts of how the world works i might just play one of those barbie cartoons there and say go. this is the movie enjoy or you could just watch it on streaming and if it gets too intense uh and then you gotta wait yeah whatever happened to like one of these and like earmuffs just like yo everybody earmuffs. will be fine so are you it's doing not, it it's not really like earmuffs it's I'm, just like i just i don't know how much they're gonna enjoy it so in the end if you could only choose to go to see one and uh New York Rick, true or false, you were there till one AM yesterday watching Oppenheimer? Like I was crazy there person? past one AM. I went to a ten thirty showing. Oh my god. What is you up with you with these ten thirty showings? I mean showings. you were there till two. That's a tw- twenty yeah, minutes of previews. How long is that kids, movie? They go to sleep and then I go watch slot. the movie. 
bro, how do you have the energy? 10.30, I'm done. How do you do I'll that? I'll tell you how I have the energy. I'm fasting. And fasting, me and me and Rampage Jackson, we're, we, we got energy for days, baby. The I'm fasting ready to go. keeps you going? Does it make you tired? Oh, yeah. No, opposite. I feel as energetic as ever when I'm fasting. It's it amazing. It doesn't, it doesn't keep you like, it doesn't make you ornery and sluggish? Mm, a little bit. No, not sluggish. Definitely I can be hangry at times, but um, I just feel like I have so much more energy. Now, what's the fasting consist of? You just don't eat after eight. Yeah, I do. I do 16 hours of fasting. I eat between 12 and eight every day. Do you think it like triggers like a primal energy to like go find food and you're using that to like be productive? No, I think it's more like your body knows that it needs to conserve energy and that's the time that it needs to process your metabolism kind of catches up to it. So Interesting. Um, I think so, it's just priming your body for that. So no, no snacks, great. no snacks at the say, what, what theater did you go to? You know where I went. I, I, I'm an AMC loyalist because oh, if I don't man. see that, Stubbs member? if I, a hundred percent, baby, oh, if I don't God. see that Nicole Kidman, Oh Intro? my God! Here, like uh, it's, here not, at even the movies. Oh, it's not even a movie. It's not even a movie. Don't even know. Uh, it's not know, even I'm, a movie. Me and Frank are Alamo Drafthouse loyalists. Uh, Snobs. I, I, I did, I did AMC for both Oppenheimer and Barbie. Just, just isn't, just isn't as good, man. Yeah, I mean, you get the you get the classic sticky floors. You know, the snack machine's going to be down. They're not going to have uh, the special Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle clean bathroom, green apple. Mm. Uh, yeah, you're going to have the urinals overflowing with with pee. Uh, it's it's going to be a long wait to get inside. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are all things I experienced over the weekend. So uh, shout out. You just don't know. You just don't I know. I won't be joining the Stubbs membership. To Rick's credit, AMC. Uh, midnight essentially is a different world no i'm just kidding i do love amc but if i had to choose between alamo and amc it's not even a competition uh rick have Dazzling you seen images on a huge silver screen sound that i rick, can feel. have you seen barbie wow no really, i have not yet. you got it nailed down wow uh it I feels mean, like that's Rick's my... a, an amc plant a little sponsorship yeah. that he's pushing <laughs> i have a weird urge Listen, to go if, to they, if they want to send me if they want to send me something i'd be happy i'm a i'm a loyal amc customer go check my stubs account baby um so why Nicole didn't you Kidman, do the, the, the barbie queen. oppenheimer thing i mean at 10 30 like how am i even nah, they don't you have could a, have done barbie at eight or whatever i have kids I, I i literally the first available time that i can watch this movie is 10 30 I respect it. I mean, you could get a. I mean, you, don't you have a? Fa- you could say you're going out for, you know, like dinner, <laughs> date. Well, lying to the wife to go see Barbie. No, no the wife is the with wife me. is coming we with him. Out. Yeah, lying to the children. Yeah, uh, to go see Barbie. It's date nights. Nice date no. night. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to hide it. That's a good way to hide it. I'd wait till streaming for Barbie. Do, do your daughters even know? Certainly not your your second one. They don't even know what Barbie is, right? They don't know that it's a movie. No, they're not familiar with the brand. They know yeah. like the dolls, but they're not familiar with the brand yeah, at so all. It doesn't matter. They wouldn't care. I tried, uh, shamefully, I tried to take my one, she was one at the time, my older daughter, Avery. I tried to take her to Mission Impossible. Um, what's it called? Ghost Protocol? What's the what's the, the one, the latest one before this one? I think it was Ghost Protocol. I wouldn't know. Ghost Protocol. No, maybe know. not. That was before that. Why am I blanking? The one with... It's all right. uh, we- the one with Superman in it. Anyway, um, I took her at one. I had her in the little papoose. Like, I had her in the baby carrier. And, like, 
I was an hour in and she was like kind of like zonked out and I was like, oh, this is so good. I got her in for free and I'm just oh, watching yeah. this movie and she's sleeping. About an hour 15, she wakes up and I was like, well, my movie's over. I'm going to walk out and then I'll watch the rest of this movie another time because she just started screaming. Oh, no. Wow. That was no, got an hour 15. I know, an but it's 15. almost worse. Yeah, I don't want to see an hour 15 yeah. of a, of a two too. and a half hour movie. 100%. That's perfect for me because then I just got an hour and 15 done and I don't have to stay up I was, for the whole thing. I was rolling dice. I was like, oh, see the she can movie. No, then if I finish she can it sleep through this. Time. Oh, okay, okay, she, okay. She can sleep. I'm good, and just was not good. I, I blew it. Um. All right. Well, there's uh, there's the questions for this week. Don't think we're gonna do questions next week, only because we're gonna be in uh, Dallas, and there's gonna be too much going on at the open workouts to answer questions and all that other stuff. So, the questions will be back in two weeks' time. Aww. Uh, I did see on Twitter uh, just now someone saying to Sean Strickland, like, hey, focus on the title fight. I don't know what he was talking th- Sean Strickland's involved in some sort of uh, feud with Keith Lee, New York, Rick. You must be all over this. Um, yeah. He is- went on a, on his podcast, I believe it was, and he, uh, and I believe um, Chris Curtis is a co-host, and he accused Keith Lee of being a racist. Yes. Um, And then Keith Lee kind of sat on it for a bit, I'm sure, trying to see, like, what the actual – because, I mean, Keith Lee at this point probably has, like, PR team. Like, he's a real celebrity. Yeah. Um, And, like, Sean Strickland talking about you isn't necessarily, like, huge news in the wider world. Maybe only in the MMA world. But he sat on it for a bit and then kind of said, basically, don't put dirt on my name. And here's the real story. Well, uh, he did respond back and forth, back and forth. Don't necessarily care about all that. But uh, I saw Sean Strickland write to a fan that the UFC doesn't want the title fight. He said something like, UFC don't want it. And in fact, that was what I was trying to allude to at the top of the show. Uh, that That is what I'm hearing, uh, that the UFC doesn't want the Strickland-Izzy fight. And so there's a bit of a predicament here with the DDP situation. Uh, thought after Izzy's video that it was uh, fait accompli, that they would fight on September 9th. From what I'm hearing, UFC doesn't feel like it's a very... Uh, oh, I don't know. Like it's a... Uh, a close enough matchup to make, which to me is crazy because Izzy fighting in, in Sydney is a massive deal. And Lord knows they put on worse main events than that. And actually last week when all this went down, I was, I was surprised at how many people were saying like, Oh, imagine if Sean won, uh, could you imagine how crazy this is going to be? Or, uh, go Sean. I saw some love for him. I didn't see a lot of this is BS, this is a mismatch, this is this and that. And, you know, like him or not, Sean Strickland's a top six middleweight. And I'm pretty sure Izzy has beaten every single other fighter in the top five. So he's next man up uh, if it's not DDP. Um, So I'm very curious to see what they end up doing there. I think Israel has been a good soldier for them and has fought whenever they needed him. And I know he was banged up going into Miami and he took that fight. So to not put him on that card seems a little bit weird to me. But yeah, one is DDP, two is Pereira, three is Whitaker, four is Cannoneer, five is Vittori, six is Strickland, seven is Costa, eight is Brunson, nine is Delice. Like he's That's the one guy. Uh, it's, it's a little bit puzzling and, and surprising to me, especially since we've had some lesser main events and bigger mismatches historically than this one. I don't even know if there's a line out for this one. But it's a weird thing. What was that? I was going to say, here's how you know it's not the fight to make. 
because there's an assumption that he's going to lose in the next fight we're getting is DDP. So why? Why do we need it? Why if do we're we already it? booking him Israel Adesanya versus DDP, why do we need a Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya fight? You need a Sean Just Strickland fill... versus Israel Adesanya fight because Israel really wants to fight in Sydney close to home uh, because he's the biggest star active on the roster because this is what he has mm-hmm. set his sights on. Active? Israel's a bigger star than John Jones. No question. Worldwide? He's a, he's, he's a megastar. Serious? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think that's like... Worldwide? A, a hot take. With, like, with John kids? John Jones is a bigger star. Yeah. With kids? No, no chance. Anyway, okay, fine. John Jones. Point is, when the second biggest star on the roster wants to fight, and there's no main event, and there's a guy who's in the top six who's ready to go, and you're like, mm, don't love this one, that's weird to me. Is there that I mean, big... I get it. So, so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna spit in your biggest star or second biggest star's face and say no? You're I gonna. I mean, the art... Let, okay. Let's say Izzy slips on a banana peel. Now you've really hurt Izzy versus DDP. Like, why? What? What is? You were like, willing to risk DDP by putting him in there against Robert Whitaker. He could have lost that fight and easily. Another fight is ten times bigger. Does Does Israel Adesanya gain anything by beating Sean Strickland? Yeah, a lot of money. A more superstardom his like some of these fights need to happen you know this would be his first defense you know since winning the belt some of these fights need to happen to to make the star grow and if you're that confident or if you want to see the ddp fight so badly you put him in there against sean strickland let's say he beats sean which i don't think is like a foregone conclusion i would certainly favor him in the fight and, and and think he should be the big favorite and then it only looks bigger. You bring DDP out there, you do another face-off, you do whatever. The fight's only bigger. If Sydney wasn't on the books, if Sydney wasn't a location, would this even be a conversation? Well, number one, there's no one else. There's literally no one else. So DDP, when, when he's ready. No, no, no. There's no. If this card was happening in Las Vegas, if it was happening in Paris, yeah. if they have a pay-per-view on September 9th, who's headlining the pay-per-view? At the moment, nobody. Yes. And you have arguably the biggest star saying, I would like to headline it. You, you figure it out. You put them in there against someone. You have a, a, a minimum 500,000 pay-per-view buys ready to go. What are you doing? What are you going to do? Pantoja against uh, Brandon Royville, with all due respect? Like, that's well, what's bigger? You're going to put Leon and Colby in, in, uh, in Sydney when you have Izzy ready to go? What are you going to do? You're going to put... Alex Pereira and Yuri Prochaska in Sydney. By the Man, way, those, those are all those also sound like good fights, better fights than Strickland and Izzy. That makes sense for the market. And if you're Israel Adesanya, who is always there and ready to go, and you put Alex Pereira in the main event slot in essentially your back, <laughs> yeah, that's your back that's a fair point. If how do you he, feel about that? If, if Israel Adesanya says, "I have to fight on this card. I must," he want, and there's no way to talk him out of it. He wants to then fight on the card. I guess badly. you do it. But but there, there's not really a logical reason to do it outside of that. That's the only one reason. Okay, then let me ask you this. Izzy's a pay-per-view fighter, right? He wants yes, to go. Definitely. He steps up. He's available. He, he never backs down, correct? You agree with that? I agree with all of that. Where is he fighting rest of the year? Is he fighting in Abu Dhabi? No. Is he fighting at MSG December? with John Jones? He's fighting I don't, all I don't know. The dude who's ready to go, you're going to make him wait all the way to December. 
Again, but like, do shit. <sighs> Dude, when you're the biggest star, you get certain things. You get certain I, things. I, if he wants it, then I hope he gets it. But if if we're looking at all the the things in the mix, and why why is Sean Strickland such a bad? Are, are we pretending that like there haven't been worse matchups than Sean Strickland versus Izzy? We just got Amanda Nunes versus Daniel Dana as a title fight main event headliner. We yeah. just got that two months ago, less last month. There's, um, the argument isn't that there's not um, lopsided fights that have happened before. A lot, I mean, half of Amanda Nunes' title defenses were kind of foregone conclusions. But I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm personally not clamoring for a Sean Strickland fight. It sounds like there are some people out there that are. Um, but the only reason to do it would be Israel Adesanya wants it and Sydney is on the calendar. Those are two massive reasons. Those are two massive reasons. You can't get Volkanovsky. You, you, just, you just brought up three reasons. Two out of the three reasons are huge reasons and factors in his favor. He wants it, and you're going to Sydney. The third is you don't like the matchup just in a vacuum. Fair. I would say who else is he going to fight? If DDP's, DDP's injured, so who knows when he comes back at this point. He's banged up. And then you factor in who else is there? Is the winner of Pereira versus, uh, you know, Yer- uh, Jan going to come back and fight in a month and a half? It's this We're talking about a month and a half. What are we getting? We're getting Yuri and Ankalaev in a month and a half as, as the main event of a pay-per-view. Um, we're getting Leon and Colby in a month and a half. What are we, like, it's right there. Sometimes they do things that are baffling to me. And I do think that, again, like, to, to, if Israel was a boxer and he said, I want to fight Sean Strickland on this day, the promoter would do everything in their power to make that happen. Now I get it. This isn't boxing. It's not top rank. It's not this or that. But I do feel like you reach a certain status, you deserve to get certain perks. You've earned certain perks. He's earned those perks. He just went through freaking two fights with Alex Pereira. He got knocked out in one. He knocked him out on the other. I could think of worse things than a Sean Strickland fight. And I, and I don't think that the Sean Strickland fight is like an egregious, insulting fight. There have been way worse title fights than that. Way bigger mismatches. And it's right there. And it's in Sydney. And it's in his backyard. And he wants, he wants to fight there. And it's the closest that he will get to fight in, uh, in New Zealand. They're not going to New Zealand for a pay-per-view anytime soon. It's a weird one to me. Anyway, we'll uh, see what happens. Yes? An update on the Sean Strickland thing. He posted this a couple hours ago. There's, he says uh, there's a small chance Kevin Lee might come to Vegas next week to defend his brother's honor. Oh, wow. He I says no Kevin rules, no time limit, no criminal prosecution. I don't normally stupid. feel this level of joy. Man, I haven't cried in years, but it's happening. Thank you, Keith Lee. And it's a picture of Sean Strickland crying. He posted a selfie with tears in his eyes. This is silly. Um... And look, I'm trying, you know, like, yeah, Sean and I aren't the best of friends, but uh, I, I do think that it's not a crazy matchup. And I think it's like a perfect main event for a Sydney pay per view. Why not? Uh, if, if not DDP. And we all knew that there was a strong possibility that DDP wouldn't be ready two months after a Robert Whitaker fight. Like, who does that? It makes no sense. The matchup didn't make sense. All right, they rolled the dice. Great. But the timing made less sense, as we discussed before and after. All right. Let's get to the picks. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. 
Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smart Water Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. First, all right. Uh, now I get to sit back, relax, and enjoy the boys' debate. Who they'll pick. Yeah, I love it. Let's go ahead and hit the randomizer. Let's pick some winners, baby. Let's go. Did you hit it? It's a long one. Yeah, it actually just finished. Uh, it did take a little bit longer than normal. Rick will go first. I will go second. Frank will go third. Sweet. I feel it. It's a nice winner coming. I'm going to play it a little bit safe here, so don't blame me, boys. Um, take something with some decently uh, favorable odds okay. for me. All right. I'm going to go to the alternate totals. Okay. Loving it. And I'm... I'm going to take Derek Lewis versus Marcos oh. Rogerio de Lima under two and a half at minus 450. I had a strong feeling you were going to go there once you said alternate uh, alternate total rounds. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to stick in the alternate total rounds as well. Oh. And I'm going to go under two and a half in the Jake Matthews-Darius Flowers fight. Wow. Minus 220. So that gets us to minus 130 with just Frankie to go. Oh, yeah. These are all very hipster picks on your part. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go to the Thompson and Pereira fight. Okay. Over two and a half. Two and a half. Minus right. 215. Minus 250. That confident, eh? Is there, Super. Is there a one and a half available? There is a one and a half available. Oh, I didn't see. Is it under alternate? Minus two fifteen plus gets us to plus one sixty. I'm seeing minus two fifteen on that. That's hmm. what I said. Yeah. Oh okay. Uh, if you wanted to do the over one and I a half, I didn't even look at that tab. That's minus four hundred. That 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 does have us at plus one twenty two. Big difference, I have to say. Hmm. So it's up to you, Frankie. Whatever you feel I'm comfortable. I'm gonna stick with. with the pick that I made. Okay. All right. So over two and a half. In that fight, uh, all totals, no money lines for the boys uh, without Ariel in play here. Uh, so we'll go under two and a half, Derek Lewis, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, under two and a half, Jake Matthews, wow. Darius Flowers, and over two and a half, Stephen Thompson, Michelle Pereira. Plus this has to be a first, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. No money lines. Interesting. Interesting. Not. I just have to fix something, so please keep going. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, you feel all right about it, Rick? I feel fantastic about it. Great. Um, Great. I'm glad you do. We shed some dead weight, so we're good now. Yeah. yeah he didn't hear you. His headphones are off. Yeah, it's You'd good. be surprised what he can hear. Uh, all right. We want to dive in. The uh, battery plug got unplugged. So that oh, yikes, yikes, yikes. Uh, yeah, let's dive in. Let's dive in. UFC 291, maybe a little boxing action. Yeah, nothing on the boxing. I'm a little disappointed, but whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you would have looked to, to maybe do something in boxing. Yeah. You want to join the... No, picks? I'm good. I'm good. All right, all right, all right. Well, then we will start uh, with not the curtain jerker, but the second fight of the night. 
Matt Semmelsberger by KO TKO against Uros Medic. Uh, I think this fight's just going to be very hectic from the jump. Medic has never gone past eight minutes in his entire career. Now he's getting this fight on short notice, up a weight class. Um, I think he's going to come in here. I think they're going to strike. When we see Matt Semmelsberger struggle, it's it's typically when he gets taken down. I don't think there's going to really be much threat of that here. So I think they're going to stand and bang and. I mean, Semmelsberger has got the power advantage. That That is clear. Six knockdowns in his last three UFC fights, nine in his eight-fight UFC career, as well as two knockouts. Um, I think he is going to find the chin of, of Euros Medic at some point, uh, and I think he's going to get him out of there. So I like him to win by KL. The pick that I just made. In the Parlay Pals, Parlay Boys, Matthews Flowers under two and a half. I mean, this is a very short notice, I think like 10 days notice, uh, if that, for Darius Flowers. Um, He started his 18-fight career, three straight decisions. Since then, one decision in 15 fights, including 10 that ended in the first round. And I went and looked at his boxing career. According to Box Rex, he is uh, he is one in ten uh, as a boxer, with seven of those losses coming via knockout. I mean, he is the definition of a killer be killed fighter. He's coming to elevation on short notice. Um, I think he's going to come in here looking for the finish early, and if he doesn't get it, one of his weaknesses is getting subbed. And I think Matthews will be able to get a submission uh, if. Flowers did not get him out of there earlier. Should be a fun fight for as long as it lasts. Let's keep it rolling. Marcos Rogerio de Lima. I took him a couple weeks ago. This this line has been steamed to the moon. I do apologize for that, but I, I think this is a good matchup for him. Um, Derek Lewis, it just kind of feels like he he may be past his prime, and I, I think the Lima has multiple paths to victory here, uh, whether it be with the leg kicks, whether it be for going for a takedown, or... Just standing and trading, I mean, he is super tough, and he can crack. Um, so I think there are, are more ways to win for Marcos Rogerio de Lima, and I, I think he gets it done. It's making me uh, a little bit sad. That's why. Yeah, I mean, no, no, you bet You you bet with your mind. No, I can also be wrong. I can also be wrong. I I, I think we've learned over the last, uh, you know, 18 months, however long we've been doing this, almost 24 months now, uh, I can certainly be wrong and i am wrong fairly often uh we go to the main card man we had earlier on the show today taking on kevin holland i'm gonna take the under two and a half in this one uh just feel like there's many ways that this fight could be finished i I think we're we're good for a couple takedown attempts from michael chiesa and i feel like he's gonna have some success there and when it hits the mat he is obviously live for a sub but i also think kevin holland is live for a submission as well um and then if it does stay on the feet Michael Chiesa may not be that live for a knockout, but I think Kevin Holland is. I, I think there's m- many ways that this fight can be finished. Um, Kevin Holland, obviously, a very exciting fighter. Michael Chiesa, I think he's going to come in here to scrap, and I do think someone is going to be finished. We keep it rolling. This one I'm taking solely based off the number. Um, you know, a lot of people may uh, may struggle this with this one just because it is it can be tough. Uh, to trust Michel Pereira to, to go out there and and fight the smartest game plan as opposed to, to putting on an exciting fight. Um, but if he goes for the grappling in this fight, I think he can have success. Um, and a lot of people worried about the gas tank. Last five fights, 5-0, five and oh, five-fight win streak, average fight time of 14 minutes and 56 seconds. Like He can go all three rounds. Um, 
And I think he's going to do that here. I think they will go to a decision. I like your pick in the parlay, pals, there, Frankie. Um, and I think it's just going to be a close, competitive fight. And when it goes to the scorecards, I want to be holding a plus 300 ticket. He's sitting at like plus 135 right now, but his last four wins are by decision. The one before that was like five, four and a half minutes into the third round. And uh, Stephen Wonderboard Thompson has only been finished once in his lengthy career. Um, so I think that's his most likely path to victory. And I do want to give a shout-out to, uh, to a stat, a statistic that I came across. Knockout Bets on Twitter posted this. Uh, a 10-year age gap between fighters. When, when a, one fighter is, is 10 or more years younger than another fighter, they're 17-2 and two against them. When it's 10 years and the opponent is 35-plus, uh, they are 13-1. and one. And when it is 10 years and the opponent is 40-plus, they are 6-0. and All of those fights happening in 2023. Michelle Pereira, 29 years of age. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, 40. So that is uh, that falls under those guidelines. Um, moving on to the main event at UFC 291. I will be going with Dustin the Diamond Poirier, mm. El Diamante. I'm not going to sit here and do a super technical breakdown here for you because I think this is a ridiculously close fight. But it is for the BMF belt. I needed to have a dog in this race. I needed to have someone to cheer for. Uh, and I just like cheering for for the Diamond, man. I like cheering for Dustin Poirier, and I think this is going to be a war. And uh, who do I want to have in a war? Dustin Poirier. I guess you can also make the exact same argument uh, for Justin Gaethje. But went back and watched the first fight. I think Justin Gaethje has evolved a lot since there. I think he's more defensively sound. But I think Dustin Poirier can have a lot of similar successes. He did go for five takedowns in, the, in that last fight, obviously unsuccessful with him. But I am curious to see if he goes back to the well to try and get this to the mat because I think he will have some advantages there as well. Uh, but I think it it's going to be a great fight. Whoever wins... More power to him, but uh, I'm going to be backing El Diamante. Got my knockout edition here. Oh yeah, uh, of the old hot sauce. I mean, let's just get a quick spritz. You know? Oh my god, you're insane. What? That's the good stuff, baby. Uh, that is a tough. One. That is the good uh, stuff, man. Oh my god. <sighs> which which is your guy. favorite? KO edition. KO edition's pretty hot, man. I like the maple. Honestly, I've never done that before with the KO edition. That's not easy. We do it for the diamond, baby. I'll I like a, the original. I'll do. A, I'll do a full shot of this on the watch party. Oh my god! If the diamond gets it done, if he gets it done, that was like a little bit. It wet the whistle though, bro. Uh, we move parlays real quick. The multi-week parlay that I said last week on the show. Bonfim's still alive to try and You're finish struggling. It. No, no, no. I'm all right. I'm all right. right. Kind of like uh, yeah, cleared the sinuses out. Sure, a little sure, bit. sure, 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 sure. Hotter than I remember. I can't lie. KO edition. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's good things to come. Maybe I'm reversing the jinx that that Rick said I put on the fight earlier. Now, now we're going to get a great ghost KO. pepper. I think it is. It's pretty hot. It's, turning it's pretty red. hot. Yeah. Full shot coming if uh, if El Diamante wins. Gabriel Bonfim. I think he's got advantages pretty much anywhere this fight goes. Fourteen wins, fourteen by finish. Trevin uh, Giles. He uh, has been finished in all four of his losses. I do think he is going to win by finish. A violence parlay. That's what this should be for, the violence title. Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the BMF belt, though. Giles Bonfim doesn't go to a decision. Louis Lima under 2.5, and Kapilov Ribeiro does not go to a decision. Kapilov and Ribeiro, 26 professional fights, 23 have knock on the distance. Uh, and then to boxing, I do have a pick. I don't know if you're aware of this, Ariel, but... Uh, yes. It is Shark Week. I don't know if you've tuned oh, yeah, into yeah. Uh, to Discovery Channel. I know a lot of people like to call Earl Spence the truth. 
an alternate nickname for him. Big Fish. Yeah. Earl Spence. Big Fish. Sharks tatted on him, and it is Shark Week. Last week wow. this worked. Alex Morono, the great white fighting on Shark Week. He picks up a huge win as an underdog. And what do we have here? Earl Big Fish Spence Jr. Sharks tatted on this man. You could see it in the bottom right corner. He's not losing on Shark Week. <laughs> Undefeated when he fights on Shark Week. Is that true? What's his record? Uh, oh, no. He's uh, okay. never lost on Shark Week. <laughs> but that's going to stay the same this week. 1-0 and after this one. I'm going to be riding with Earl Spence Jr. In all seriousness, uh, if you say you have an edge on this fight, if you say you know who's going to win, uh, I would just say you're biased. I think it's just so it's just so close. They're both so high level. Can't wait to watch it happen. Um, it's going to be amazing. And then last but not least, oh. we're promoing stuff. There it is. Saturday night, tune in. BMF belt on the line. We'll also be watching Earl Spence Jr. You'll have double Terrence screen? Crawford. Oh, we'll be double screening it. Don't you worry. Uh, special guest? Special guest. Uh, can't give it away yet, but oh. it's looking like there is there's a a very special guest lined up. In studio? Not in studio, no. We're not that good. We're not we're not Hawani good, but uh may or may not fight in uh the 155 division of the UFC. Oh, I thought it was gonna be Hawani from T Mobile. Maybe I could call in from the Zoom. You said it. Now you gotta stick by it. I'll do it if I could. Um uh, we had someone call in from Miami. Uh our boy T C Tony from uh Levitard. Oh he former producer of the program. The man. He called him from the arena? Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, t- from uh, That's amazing. Yeah. Live report? Live report, no man. No one told me this. Oh, it was great. It was great. For which you, fight? You weren't watching the watch report? It was, uh, it was, was as Jorge was walking out. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. He was screaming, yelling. It was, it was wild. By the way, you notice that everyone's talking about like Jorge putting the belt, like, just completely... <laughs> <laughs> I need to get Spencer to Spencer. Can you can we reheat that clip? I mean, this all originated right here. Yeah, I remember it. I was uh, I was right top here. top of the dome. Watch it happen. Yeah, that was great. He wasn't me. even invited. He wasn't even going. Listen, man, the powers that be are are tuned in. I'm sure. Uh, yo, you're one of the very few that I've seen. Like the the the, I don't know. The pundits, the sexy pick seems to be Crawford. I haven't seen a lot of people pick Spence. Big fish, baby. It's Shark Week. Yeah, no. I don't know how you can go against the big fish on Shark Week. Both of them, though, like they, they I, I've watched all the content, all access. I've watched the arrivals. I've watched the workout. I don't know if you've watched it, GC or Rick, but like they don't give you much. They don't give you much. Well, you know, I know it's going to be great and uh, this and that. They, they, it's like the contrast between them and Tank and Garcia yeah. in terms it's... of like the sell. And even the player, like Tank and Garcia had, uh, you know, they had De La Hoya and Ellerby and their whole thing. There, there's no real other characters here. Derek James is a bit of a character. You know, there's periphery guys, but no real other. It, this is like just purely if, if you like are a fan of boxing, are a fan of theirs, and I think like a lot of the athletes and sports stars are fans of theirs and whatnot. Um, it's going to be big time. I do wonder what it's going to do on pay per view, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you if you like the fight game, I mean, this is the fight to watch. I think it's going to be insanely high level. I can't wait for it. I wonder what does better on pay per view, two ninety one or this? Just because the UFC, you know, is doing so well these days. I 
I, I feel I feel like it's it's Spence Crawford, right? Like you this was the so. fight to make. Yeah, no. I wonder. I, I think it will be Spence Crawford. I think I think Spence, there's more stakes, higher stakes attached to Spence Crawford. Obviously, the, like I said, generational fight will hopefully be talked about. For, we're probably going to get two of them because they both have rematch clauses. So we're pro- you know we may even get them in the same calendar year, which might be asking a lot. But maybe the second one in December. So let's see. But this is fun. If you're a fight fan, from pretty much like 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern all the way until, I don't know, 4 or 5 a.m. Are you doing Watch Party for Bell to Horizon too? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll right. stay up all night, get the Dunkin' Donuts going, get the coffee. Yeah, you get like 12 straight hours of fights. What a shame. The Bell to Horizon card is fun, even without AJ, oh, but it's man, just completely... It's overshadowed. Overshadowed. It's, it's a shame. It's, yeah. It's a real shame. I wish it they would have done it even like Friday going into Saturday. So it gets a little bit more buzz. That would have been better. That yeah. would definitely would have been better. But uh, they marched to the beat of their own drum over there in Japan. So that's what they're doing. It's going to be fun. I look forward. And then we'll be back on Monday to talk about it all before. I'm going to Las Vegas, coming home Sunday night, doing show Monday, leaving Tuesday morning. I mean, let's go. where's the dedication? Busy Who's times. more dedicated than me? Busy times, baby. Busy times. Can't wait. Where else, as the great Marv Levy once said, would you rather be than right here, right now? Nowhere. That's what I say. Nowhere. Uh, who's going to be the audio guy in Dallas since uh, Frank's privileges have been revoked? Frank is going to be so Texas hipster guy in Dallas. Oh, over there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any, anytime I get that. excited about anything, he's going to shut it down. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you like that? Let me tell you about Tex-Mex. You know, locals don't really like Tex-Mex. It's not really our thing. Uh. I can't wait for that. (laughs) Oh, did you guys know that we like to put uh, mushroom oil in our coffee over here in Texas? Everything's bigger in Texas. It's true. Yuckety yuck. (laughs) Do you guys know that we love love big steaks over here? You know what they say about big steaks? The sad thing is I like this Frank character more than I like Frank. I mean, <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right, Jens. I'm just kidding, Frank. I love you. God bless. Talk to you on Monday. Frank, God bless. You can hear my music. Uh, you may not know this, and I didn't want to start the show with this, but I don't think I've ever arrived later than I did. It took me two hours to get here from my house. The amount of cars. And there was a brief moment where I was like, man, there was once a time where it was taking me like 45 minutes to get here because there were so few people in the city. And don't get me wrong. I'm not longing for those days a couple of years ago. But holy smokes, it feels like there's more cars than ever. What is going on? Do you think on? it has something to do with the crane? Oh, does something happen? Yeah. Oh. I was wondering why it took... Wait, no, honestly, I don't know. I mean, know. I'm curious. It was on 10th Avenue and 41st. Oh, the, the, the traffic was insane. What, yeah, a crane fell? Probably, yeah, a crane fell. Oh, my God. Did people die? Crane. No. Oh, thank God. Well, yeah, that must have been it. it. The, yeah. I, this is the long... It took me two hours door to door to get here. That's great. How was the parking? Though? Was it pretty quick? Yes, and that was not good either. So annoying. Went into the spot, into the garage. You know, it's, it's a tight fit. All the way to the front, you're like, all right. Here I am. Guy's like, no, sorry, we're full. I'm like, bro, you got to put a sign. <laughs> You're pulling. You have to put a sign. You know how long it's going to take me to back up this whole way? Uh, at that point, I thought about just calling it a day. 
but we had wow. Robbie Lawler to get to. We had we did a rehearsal without you. Great. Let's just always do that. Uh, thank you very much to all our guests. Tremendous show. Thanks for all the questions. Thank you, Mike Chiesa. Good luck to him. Thank you, Nathaniel Wood. Congrats. Thank you, Robbie Lawler. Congrats. Good luck to Paulo Costa. Thanks to them. Thanks to you. Back on Monday, save time and plays the others. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup developer first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.